This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. All right, hello, and welcome to Aetherite Radio Gamers Games Final Fantasy XIV Podcast. I'm Hugh Jones. Joining me today, we've got Sinidra, we've got Algino, and we've got this way, Rook. <laughs> I'm like, uh, welcome. Some. It's been, it's been, I feel like it's been forever. I was on vacation. It's been a long time. I don't know. People us. do stuff when I was gone. I don't know. I think there was one thing I'd, I yeah, did. I'm back. We're you, back. I did a few things um, yeah. with you because this I was also true. on vacation and you were visiting me. So. Yes. Uh, now, if, if anybody needs to make uh, references about Master of Unlocking or Jill Sandwiches, Rook will now understand what that comes from. Mm. Okay. I get it. We did. We played through all of Resident Evil 1 to 3, the OGs. Which are hilarious. Can I just say the Resident Evil 1 OG filmed cutscene yeah. is one of the funniest things mm. I've ever seen in my yeah. life. So good. And then we did the, the remaster of one. So yeah. I'm Resident Evil now. I, I, I knew that's, that's how you do it. If you, if, if you have a friend that's like, I don't like horror and spooky stuff, play the OG Resident Evil. Because there's mm -hmm. nothing scary about it. It's hilarious. No. The scariest part is the first zombie you see, which, funnily enough, has scarred my partner so much that she does not like zombies. Wow. Period. That first okay. white face okay. zombie you yeah. see, yep, she yep, cannot yep. see that image. Nope. See, I was I was thinking the the dogs, the dogs in the hallway. Mm. Mm. That's that's the other like classic moment, right? Sure. But I think it's so precious that you went to visit her and showed her your favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> I then also got her a baby Yoda, so we're all like, <laughs> yeah. there we, we watched, the, we watched the, old, more the old favorite things, the the new favorite things. We covered the whole. <laughs> you can kind of see the baby for our, our our video yeah. viewers. Um, we yeah, went to build a bear, there. and the only adults in the entire facility that <laughs> oh, weren't yeah. accompanied by children. And I got yeah. in line, and I got my baby Yoda, yep. and I was just as happy as any of those wish, children. So you grabbed you grab that little heart and mm -hmm. made a wish, and you shoved it in baby, and there we go. <laughs> I'm so happy for your new edition. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Uh, anyway, this is a Final Fantasy XIV podcast. So let's talk about Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. Hey! Um, the participating teams for Crystal Conflict Regional Championship NA have been announced. Um, the uh, qu uh, quarterfinals are going to start. Uh, they're going to run uh, June 17th to 18th. Um, that'll determine the teams. That'll be flown out to FanFest to compete live in the finals. Congratulations, so sure everybody that got out. picked. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't looked at it yet. I'm congrats, trying to see. Yeah. There, were some, there were some familiar faces to the PvP yeah. scene. I also imagine many of the teams, even as they're formed, probably have a lot of mm -hmm. uh, you know previous competitors in them. But there were a few that are some like regulars that we see on the PvP scene. But also yeah. a lot of exciting new groups. That mm -hmm. I'm so happy to see incentivized that just came in and gave it a shot and did well and played well together and probably practiced. And that's what you need to grow the scene. So yep. I'm really yep. happy to see so many people that just decided to jump in, give it a go, and hey, might now be flown out to FanFest and given tickets and everything, which is huge. So mm -hmm. get that ticket. Uh, automatic housing demolition for Chaos and Light data centers will resume Wednesday, June 21st. So if you're on those servers and you haven't logged in for a while and checked up on your house, you should probably think about doing that pretty soon here. Mm -hmm. um, the winners of the World Race for Anabaseos 
uh, was Neverland uh, for non-streaming teams and Team DN uh, for the streaming teams that was all hosted uh, during the World First race over on Mog Talk. Uh, mm-hmm. Congrats to both teams. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a lot today. Yeah, so that, that's our topic. We're gonna we're just going to right into the topic, right? Uh, so now that Pandemonium is done, we wanted to mm-hmm. take a look at Pandemonium, but also uh, the other endgame offerings that Endwalker has given us, because there's there's been some things here and there. Um, we've had some differences compared to previous patch cycles, um, and so we're just we're gonna just we're just do it. We're gonna just do it. We're just just jump right in. Like it's a big big end game pool. We're just gonna mm-hmm. cannonball right into it. I do feel it's very important because I was delighted by this title. The title that I put in the document today yeah. for our outline um, is the end of Endwalker Endgame. <laughs> yes, yeah. so much ends. Yeah, a lot Disclaim. of ends. Or the triple yeah. E. The triple E. Triple E. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a fourth. Is it end. just pronounced triple we'll E, or do we just say E? Like, triple E. E. It's a place, right? Triple E. E. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so Pandemonium. We're going to talk about that first, since we just had the world race for that. Mm-hmm. Now that we've had Pandemonium in its entirety, it's all wrapped up now. What did you What did you all think of the story? Better than the patch MSQ. Don't at me. All right, you know what? I'm atting you. It's probably not hard to top that, don't at me. No. I'm atting you also. I might be adding you, but uh-huh. only to possibly agree with yeah. you. <laughs> not to say that there weren't moments, and of course, sure. when we get to our review episode, mm-hmm. which will be coming soon for the actual patch, we will talk about it. But I did think this ended up being a very good, well-rounded story. I thought Mm -hmm. the end of it had some emotional beats that I even wasn't expecting. And that was sort of paired with the journey we took through the bosses. Mm -hmm. And then as well, kind of added on to by the Easter egg that was discovered. So if anybody doesn't know about this, if you have not done the Ivalice raids, make sure you do the Ivalice raids. Mm -hmm. And then go talk to the the story quest giver NPC, our little blonde boy. Um, and he actually has a bonus scene there with some other information. So I thought that altogether, the eight man raids not only brought up things that we've wanted to have brought up for ages, mm-hmm. like the heart of Sabiq, not only did a whole bunch of other things that I thought were just really well done narratively and emotionally, but I thought I had a really good journey. Yeah. And, you know, to, to clarify on that, I mean, all three tiers are better than six, one, six, two, six, three, six, four. I yeah. think that the overall pandemonium story is a little bit better than the overall MSQ of the patches. And that might be a little bit more, uh, I guess, contested. But yeah, I think this last this ending is definitely great. Yeah, I've I realized mean, just now mm-hmm. that I didn't actually get to watch the last cutscene. So <laughs> did the fight. I'm done. Did it. Oh, yep. <laughs> wait. Yeah. So, um. I don't know if I'm allowed to weigh in. Mm. Uh, I, I honestly was pretty lukewarm on both. Mm. I expected a little bit more from Pandemonium, but I did think that it was way better than Eden. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think I agree, yeah. 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 I feel like maybe the the high points for me in, in Eden were higher, but there were so many more low points. Mm. And yeah. I was kind of kind of like ha- mid to high consistently with uh with pandemonium we learned mm-hmm. some cool stuff like you said hard as a beak uh, yeah. i still don't really know what the heck's going on with laha papa but you know <laughs> I, well, I can't papa. wait to see 
Yeah. Can't, can't wait to see how they actually like make that make sense. Uh, I was very interested in the Ultima stuff. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to see them bring back the hardest to beak. And I mean, kind of predictably explained it at this point, I think, with just everything else that we've had in the game. And they're like, uh, yeah, it was Aura's site. Sure. Um, <laughs> that's that's fine. I mean, gosh, I can still remember me what? and Moose interviewing Koji like years ago. We we're like, so uh, is that hardest to beak ever coming back? And this was like right after they had done like the orchestra concert where they had mm-hmm. Ultima and they actually put lyrics in that reference the hardest of week. And he's like, no, no, we brought it back. It was in the, the lyrics for the, for the concert. And I'm like, that's not, that's not what we were asking about Koji. Right. Um, I, yeah. It was this connection to Ivelisse makes so much sense though, mm. because this is exactly how it happens in Ivelisse, you know, in tactics, the, the oh. hardest of week kind of being there and, than other aura site, it makes a whole lot of sense to me. And I, I really liked that that tie-in. Of course you're gonna get me to like it. I like tactics. That's my favorite Final Fantasy. So yeah. You know. Uh I'm still really, really into the the MSQ though. Uh, I did think that this particular stretch of story was uh not as interesting as previous ones. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping for better next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll we'll dive into the full analysis yeah. of that on the review. Up, that's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other thing. I mean, and there were really there were good points as well. There was there was a lot of good. Um, mm-hmm. But um, there's one really sweaty point of good that I can think about. Um, but <laughs> me, me and my chair, Square Enix, really. But, but I can get that online. Like I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. But it's better. This is online. canon. This is canon. Oh, yes. But, no. People but, have chess. That's canon. <laughs> the, the one of the things that I will say about the story of this last raid um, is the fact that the arena setting for the third fight was a massive reveal. I mm-hmm. mean, at least for me or for yeah. those yes. who yeah. are like really big ancient nerds, to finally see that particular location um, yeah. was so exciting. I like made my friend go through it with me because I knew that I had gotten to it before them. And I was like, Mm. you have to run this because we're big ancient nerds and we got to like talk about everything. And I think we stood there until the timer ran out after we did the third fight, just looking at the whole (laughs) place, like talking about things, um, which was really fantastic. And I enjoyed that. Mm. So in those ways, I do feel like the story of Pandemonium in particularly this last installment was something that delivered moments, I think big hitting moments, right? Mm-hmm. It gave us some reveals. It gave us some maybe more obscure things, but it delivered a lot of still lingering questions in a sense. And like you were saying, mm-hmm. Zen, I feel like it was a much more consistent experience. Like it definitely ramped up. And like the mm-hmm. first, you know, the first story installment was intriguing, but you know, of course it had more momentum as we got further into it. But like I saw Chad even saying, one of the things about the Eden Raids that was rough was that it was so inconsistent. Yeah. It, it was like the there's this, just this huge disconnect and you'd get like nothing and then you'd get a whole bunch of stuff and you're like, where did this come from? <laughs> mm-hmm. So this one felt much more overall balanced and I felt like the journey through the bosses and the storytelling and the reveals was worthwhile and gave it mm-hmm. weight outside of anything to do with the actual end game content, but still something that's worth running and, and learning in the world, so. Yeah, and speaking of like pacing, and not having done the last cutscene, this set, this last set, had the shortest cutscenes in between bosses, but the longest ending one. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. Like, between it's just like, go talk to a guy, come back, 
all right, we're going in. It's not like you had a five-minute cutscene. That did not happen in between, just about at all. But yeah. that ending cutscene was super long comparatively. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I think I think that's how it needs to be, right? Like, if you're going to yeah. have this story, like, get, let us get to the fights, but then give us the, you know, not not quite like the, the Metal Gear Solid, like, three-hour mm-hmm. cutscene at the end, right? But a little bit of a, you know, a meteor thing at the end. Yeah, because people are rushing to unlock it, and right. there's pressure to skip it because, oh no, I gotta go because I gotta get this gear because I have to get ready for Savage, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that was cool, but it will lead to people not getting that last quest because I've heard a lot of people say that, like, oh crap, I didn't pick up the last one. <laughs> I didn't even look at it. What? Oh shit. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of bosses, what do we think about the bosses? What's what's everybody's favorite boss? It's everybody. I'm sure everybody's got a in, favorite boss from from just in the, the entirety. Whole, the yeah. entirety. Yeah. Oh. Um, like story wise or mechanics wise? I mean, either, either one. Both. Either, either one. <laughs> yeah, we'll do we'll do story and mechanics. Why not? Oh so, gosh, it's tough. I, I mean, like remember them. I know. I, I <laughs> that, like that might be a telling right there. I, just, I don't even no, remember the bosses. I, I remember them, but I mm. like a lot of them for different reasons. Like the agro carbuncle is so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I love the idea. I love the sense of playfulness in that because everybody's always just like, oh, it's just a dumb little carbuncle friend. We'll make slippers out of them. And then this hulking behemoth spewing poison appears. And it was right around the time. Well, okay, we had had the shift away from the dots and everything mm-hmm. already with Summoner and things. But to then have this proto-carbuncle spewing dot toxicity everywhere and all this stuff, it was so funny to me. And even mm-hmm. if it's not my favorite fight of the set, it's definitely definitely so memorable um i mean i think honestly all of the different ancients are memorable as well for their plights i didn't particularly love their fights but like um oh gosh uh, uh, uh what's the the woman that has the pink haired bob uh hegemony hegemony yeah. yeah i thought um that was really interesting like getting her kind of perspective the mm-hmm. Lore connotations of the um, woman that was turned into the tree. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like all of those kinds of things were very interesting to mm-hmm. me. Um, and I do think that my favorite set of bosses were the last tier because I thought all of these were surprising and strange and interesting. Mm-hmm. The horrific, like spider castle. Yes, like we loaded mm-hmm. in, and I went, "This is Final Fantasy." It's <laughs> just yeah. like giving a soul to a a gothic prison that becomes a robot baby spider man (laughs) who's talking about his mom i was like this is this is classic final fantasy to me but um i really particularly loved the um Oh, the Elidibus fight. I, I oh, mean, yeah. getting to see his actual, what I assume is his guardian force form or mm-hmm. his true form, whether or not that was somewhat shaped by him becoming um, Elidibus. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't, I'm curious about that now because I'm like, oh, all of those abilities seem so well suited. Was he elected to office because he was so naturally suited for this? Mm-hmm. Or is it something that as you are elevated and you're given that seal and everything, you almost shift or change down to your very soul to adapt to that role? I had a lot of questions, but I loved the thematic nature of that fight. Mm. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I actually think the Athena fight, although I haven't done it yet, looks phenomenal. And I'm, mm. that's probably one of the ones I'm most excited about, just as far as her design and the mechanics and everything else go, because there's some wild stuff in that. Mm-hmm. And while I loved the second phase of P8S, that whole fight was so exhausting <sighs> overall that it's really hard. Like the second phase is probably my highlight thus far of content that I've sure. played and cleared because I loved the concept stuff. I love summoning the Phoenix. I think mm-hmm. all of that, I went in sight unseen. I hadn't looked at anything. Nobody knew I didn't know about the Phoenix. And so when we got to it for the first time and I was like, we died. And then we all came <laughs> back and I was like, what? like I, I was losing my mind. And that is a moment I will never forget from this tier. Mm. So sorry, very long answer. But the thing is, is it's that good. I genuinely like so many different facets of the bosses from this entire set. Yeah, I think. So for... speaking of Phoenix, mm. I looked back through. Phoenix was my favorite fight. Yeah, Phoenix is my favorite okay. fight. Phoenix is fun. Phoenix yeah. is a good one. I love, I love the dance. I love the intricate dances. I love that everybody do your shit or everyone dies. I <laughs> like, I like What's having wrong ads. With me? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I like, I like having different That's... phases where fair, different yeah, yeah. types of jobs can shine. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna, for me, I, I'm gonna warn you. I'm gonna be a little negative. <laughs> that's fine i mean go for it go for it um i think i mean for me like i think grandpire was kind of funny just because it's like Mm -hmm. hey like here's a vampire and also like i i I always wonder what his like budget is for capes because he's always like taking off a new cape and like laying it down and maybe maybe yeah it's a boomer cape it just i will say tapering tapering i will say that his second phase is kind of confusing to me i don't like, I don't understand his transformation thematically, oh, sure. if that makes mm. sense. Sure. And, like, a lot of the mechanics in the second half of that fight felt very disconnected for me. And I feel like maybe I just missed something lore-wise. But, like, yeah. having like, the vampiric gothic Castlevania into then, like, Birdman? I don't know. I was just <laughs> kind of... I, I I don't know. But I liked the first half thematically a lot. Yeah. Well, he sucked mm-hmm. up the phoenix, right? He was like, mm, thanks for beating up this phoenix for me. I'm going to oh. eat it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that must have been that must have been what I missed. That makes more sense then. Okay. Yeah. My, right. my, I was actually going to build off what you said. Like, as much as I liked the whole like we're doing Castlevania right now. By the end of the tier, I was like, wait a minute, what that vampire have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, no. He's I mean, thirsty. That's, true. that's I, all. <laughs> overall, though, I think I do agree. Where I think last year was my favorite. Um, just the fact that we fight like like the whole ass like castle like it's just it's yeah. like okay and the next boss is pandemonium like yeah. what do you mean like like yeah. like what? a spinoff of like no. the the pandemona thing from eight or no like the entire like literally just the <laughs> castle with a face um and then of course themis where you go and it's the freaking convocation yeah. room i'm like sold like done like yes. that's it and yeah amarat you got amarat there's a new amarat mm-hmm. music arrangement yeah. done that's it favorite tier easy mm-hmm. went in there somebody went Oh look, you can see Amrod out the window, and I'm like, Fusion's gonna lose. His <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, we totally did. Me, me and Rook ran the our first. We did yeah? the first run of, of the tier together, and I'm like, oh, this is the convocation room. I'm like, you can look, look out the window. We were yelling. We were just yelling. <laughs> like we were so excited, and the uh, music started playing, and Fusion was like, the music. <laughs> true facts. Yeah. Uh, cute. <laughs> All right um let's see in terms of mechanics um is there anything that stuck with you from from this this whole raid like what is like a standout mechanic from from all the tiers i'm just gonna blanket statement say that a lot of the mechanics they put in these fights were not 
beautiful dances. Mm-hmm. They were like, mm. scramble till you get to a spot where you're not going to die. And I don't really like that. Okay. I, I think it it's graceless. <laughs> Says the dancer, man. Yeah. It's inelegant. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely see that. I mean, I think the most interesting mechanics, of course, you have concept because high concept is very yeah. cool. It's so um, cool. It's just thematically and then what you have to do. Um, I think that it's probably the best mechanic of this entire tier, uh, this entire raid series. I'm trying to think of another one that I liked anywhere near as much. I think um, to add to mm. to what I was saying, like there's a, I feel like there's a good way to do scramble and a bad way to do scramble, mm-hmm. and a lot of them just didn't feel good. There was no way to look quickly and have in your brain the formula to to get to safe spot fast. Mm. Uh, I think a good example of Scramble is, um, what's it called? Archaic Rock Breaker in the first tier, mm. where uh, he, he, he punched ground, mm. and then he going to do kick behind or before, and you have to be mm. in or out, mm. and also avoid this stuff on the ground, like, I think, Ruby Weapon. Ruby Weapon, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I think even in the latest tier, P9S, P11S, I see the shoutouts. And yeah, we didn't even talk about mm-hmm. how cool the idea is of this creature that's eating souls and sure. then using Changing, their abilities, yeah. which mm-hmm. was phenomenal. When he went beast mode and got down on all fours and I looked at Fusion and went, it's a behemoth. <laughs> <laughs> it was very exciting. But I think both of those fights have kind of a good example of good scramble, perhaps, sure. where there's some kind of execution-based, you know, reflex, a test of your reflexes kind of thing where Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff to respond to quickly, but like you were saying, it doesn't feel like a mad graceless, like, scramble to just Mm -hmm. try and adjust to something in this very (sighs) kind of way. Mario karting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I... I think both of those have a good, quick flow. And actually, interestingly enough, with Phoenix, too, because you mentioned the mm-hmm. Phoenix fight, that one has such a quick tempo. Yeah. But the ways that you're positioning and moving in and out of those, it has a lot of that orchestration, that feel, that, you know, clean way that you can so that, navigate it, which is really mm-hmm. satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I mean, it's 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 kind of on the simpler side, but I liked uh, the Themis fight with the, the light and dark elements, you know, for in sure. and out and having to stand in the stuff. Um one of the other things that, I, you know, while we're talking about like mechanics and just kind of the fights in general, I, I did want to say, and we and we talked about this too, uh, the actual fight against Pandemonium, um, because that difficulty dial gets turned up quite a bit for the second fight um, when when just you know going through Duty Finder. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I was I, I went in. Right, go ahead, you. Yeah, and <laughs> I was impressed with how overall balanced that fight was because. It gives you a lot of the stuff up front, mm. and it's not one of these drawn-out fights where it's like, okay, and then you get to 20%, and then this thing happens that causes another wipe. It was like, okay, restart, here's the hard stuff right at the beginning. That way you're not constantly wiping and having to run through it as much, you know what I mean? Um, that was just something like I felt like they, they designed mm. with you know intent you know with intent or something. It just it felt really good that they did it that way. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the web mechanic from that fight. Yeah, it's neat. Sure. And I, so when I was casting for World Race, I came in right as we were transitioning out of that into three and mm-hmm. mostly cast, I ended up casting three and four for the, the primary bulk of the fight. So my knowledge of the intricacies of um, that second fight is yeah. not quite as much as the others. 
Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was difficult in the Savage mode. And I hope that they continue to maybe build off of some of the concepts in that. Because I mm. also felt like, and Fusion and I had this conversation when we were playing through it together, where we were theorizing, like, how far could you push something like that? Because yeah. when you look at the boss, he's standing on an entire platform that is just poison. And if that poison is insta-death, what if we had a fight or something where they start you off on a little piece and then you're literally having to create the ground you can stand mm-hmm. on as you go around the arena or you get a phase where you get knocked up and thrown down there and somebody has to like keep the spider web on them or something and like not mm-hmm. get untethered and then drop it and then everybody else has to do yeah. stuff. Or having like the platforms move and perhaps like if they move really far, it like snaps one of those tethers or mm-hmm. something like that where you could almost create this tightrope walk right. over the platforms to navigate for various, you know, and mechanics. And they didn't push it that far, but I kind mm-hmm. of hope they will someday. They, it was, I think that they're going to because this is exactly why buffs are so big now. They were running out of design space to split the party and it feel any yeah. good. Because if you split the party over the two minute cycle... <laughs> Oh, God, why would you do that to us? So Did you get it, the dance? No, sorry, I can't yep, do anything about it. Sorry, there's nothing that can be done. So enjoy, you mm-hmm. know, not feeling like you're doing enough. But like separating people, that that is what I would love to see more. I would love to see multi-tiered things. But with the two minute meta, they have to be super careful. That's, that's super something careful. I actually yeah. always complain about is back in Coil. Yeah, everybody had a little job, especially mm-hmm. ranged range fizz. Range fizz had to do all the little extra mechanics, and I miss that. I really, honestly mm-hmm. do. But I've actually heard a lot of people uh, theorizing about what kind of kind of other weird crap they could have done with uh, the second tier. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, how everybody, uh, if you in the savage version where you have to split and everybody gets hit with a well six people get hit with thing and you're all tethered together what if you had to do that and have a tether across the back to catch from a knockback or something mm-hmm. and then Ooh, i yeah, like it, that i think for me and i and i didn't see a lot of world first stuff because again i was out of town um mm-hmm. but it reminded me it felt kind of like a watered down version of like the diamond weapon fight where you have the the two different like ships that you're bouncing back and yeah. with, where they had like the two extra yeah, platforms because yeah. normal mode it's like okay you go over there like once or twice like it's they, they really don't use them that much um yeah. But I think it'd be great to see them do that more. And then, of course, you know, the idea of maybe going on that lower bit. Again, verticality. Bring back verticality. Mm. Back in my day, Riven Road had steps, you know? Like, <laughs> um, that'd be mm. nice to see. But There is yeah. a fight we haven't talked about at all, though, that I do think has to be mentioned for its interesting design, which is Athena. Sure. Athena has some wild stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, some stuff that is pretty like par for the course i mean there's a lot of discussion we'll get to this actually in our conversation about like continual use of certain mechanics that we Mm -hmm. see we have some sort of parallel to larboard starboard we have um you know uh limit cut we got limit cut on limit cut (laughs) on limit cut but they did put especially in the second half of the fight some interesting mechanics the D &D dice as everybody has been calling them where you're having to create this like 
tether chain of your debuffs that like keep certain colored dice away from others and like having to adjust that arena and then later on they do a flipper rooney on you with it where like you have to figure out where you and the people that share your tether and have that debuff need to position to create this chain that like keeps all of them apart but in the second iteration of it they flip all the positions at the last mm. second on you so you have to like anticipate what the flip will be and I mean, there was a lot of stuff with that, the loss of platform pieces, which is mm -hmm. something that we haven't seen as much from like the earlier days of game design in 14. And, yeah. you know, just so many fun things within that second phase that I thought were both cinematic and also felt very fresh. And even the World First teams uh, commented that they felt like this tier was more fun because of a lot of those fresh ideas that came yeah. into it. And I think even seeing how our brains are going with the mechanics from that second fight, where you're like, okay, but then they could also do X, Y, Z, or this, or this, or this, and maybe for a future, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that shows a sense of creativity and new ideas coming into the field yeah. that gets us all excited. I feel like... Uh... I know we're just doing in-game, but I feel like there were a lot of new mechanics across the board this time around, which is really great. Um, even in the dungeon, like, yes, it absolutely followed the pull two packs, murder them all, pull two packs, murder them all. Here's the boss formula. But during the bosses, we had some new interesting stuff, even if it was just that first boss's face, dear Lord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... So now here's the hard question. Mm -hmm. We have Pandemonium. Mm -hmm. We have Eden. We have mm -hmm. Omega, Alexander, Coil. Mm -hmm. Where is Pandemonium on the eight-man scale for you? That's, that's tough. I feel like I will forever have Coil at the top. Mm -hmm. um, oh, just yeah, because without a doubt. Of DeRose colored glasses. Um, sure. Everything was fresh and new and... I don't I don't know if I could ever go back and like replay it at the same level if it would feel the same because we've mm -hmm. just gotten so used to things now but it's I just love it and I think it's funny that we've moved away from things like uh trash bowls at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Ge generally yeah. I think I think people agree that that's better but also like I kind of miss it. It'd be alright every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably my second favorite. Yeah. I Okay. It's, I mean, it's tough because I don't know if I consistently across the board enjoyed all of the um, Omega raids as mm -hmm. much as I, like, I feel like my overall consistency threshold of enjoying the fights and their mechanics is higher in Pandemonium. Like, it's more consistent, generally. But for me, I, I just feel like the Omega raids really surprised me by the end. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that, like, MF fight is still my favorite fight in the whole game. And even the story culmination and stuff, I was so surprised by how deeply meaningful I felt like the end of it was and how they've continued to bring it back. But like overall, the journey of those fights, there's probably certain fights from the Omega Raids where I'm like, I really think this one could go in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to like Pandemonium where I'm like, generally they're all good and even if some of them irritate me a little bit or even if i never want to do the first phase of p8s <laughs> with a random group ever again in my life like like oh that's being nice i never want to do eight again ever in my life yeah ever. no I will. um <sighs> i feel like pandemonium falls flat in the middle for me um sure and it it 
maybe even fourth because the fights that I liked, I liked, but the fights that I didn't like, I genuinely hated. Yeah. And mm. I can't say that about another tier. Yeah. I I think personally, uh, for me, it's like Coil, then Eden, then Omega, then Pandemonium, and then Alexander. I mean, I think we can probably agree that Alexander is on, on the bottom. Probably. Yeah. 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 If it was music, it'd be right on the top. Yeah, but it as be. it is... Alexander had yeah. so many great things going for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, Get in the cart, DPS. Get in the cart. <laughs> everything oh, but the game. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think Pandemonium sits below middle for me because personally, oh God, do I hate this tier. And oh, and oh my God. Lord, I hate everything about it. Wow. And I just want to be in the next expansion already. Like, and that's oh, that's no. personal. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's, that's my personal. that's my my thought just on MSQ alone. <laughs> sure. See, I've been on the opposite side of that with MSQ, um, but and I and I did. I liked these raids. I think probably it seems like cumulatively more than than the rest of you did. Mm-hmm. But this is what I love because I mean, obviously, we all have different experiences we yeah. play through, and I know a lot of I think what has been perhaps adding to the frustration, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Aldino, but I think a lot of what's been adding to that frustration is also generally where gameplay is, Mm -hmm. which you can't really separate from something like, especially the savage versions of these fights, because a huge part of endgame and how you engage with it is your class, Mm -hmm. your rotation, the way that you work with the group. And so if you have fights that already may have certain stumbling blocks, but also the gameplay that you're experiencing is really unsatisfying to you, I I think that speaks to a whole endgame experience that is unfortunate, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and not as enjoyable. So. Fusion? I think... I did not. Um, I think for me, I think Coil is probably up there at top, just because, again, rose-tinted glasses. But um, I also really like it when the side stuff is ingrained into MSQ. Mm-hmm. It's it's a part of that story. It's not like a little side thing. So like because of that, I love the music in Alexander. I love the steampunk aesthetic, but Alexander's probably like down towards the bottom for me, probably mm. next to Omega. Um, just because sure. it was like you get, you know, it's like, oh, at least Omega is like, hey, he's like in that MSQ for like five seconds, but he yeah. did a thing and he was around and now we have the raid. Um, I think for me, it's probably going to go Coil, Pandemonium, Eden. Alexander Omega. Mm. Um, Eden Eden after Pandemonium because like it got to the point where we're like, what what's the primal of the week this time? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like it was a little predictable with, with what we were gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. You just said it. You straight up said why you would put Omega solo. Has yeah. nothing to do with the main. Absolutely story. nothing. No, yeah. and and it, and it was that's not entirely true, but yes, it, it it does. I mean, and there's there's some really cool like emotional beats that can come out of that, but mm. um, it was also very much like fan service the raid. <laughs> mm. sure. um, that's why it's isn't two necessarily for me. I loved it. a bad thing, mm. right? You no, know, some not. people some people will love that. It's a theme park MMO. So, mm. um, but for me, I think I just I like my stuff tied into the. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the story a little bit more because it's like which is totally valid. looking back at alexander 
you know, especially after Coil, because Coil's like Bahamut was like the CG yeah. scene for ARR. And then you finish the Heaven, Heaven's Word MSQ, and it's like, oh, also, there's like this big primal suck on a bather. It's kind of a big deal, but you know, only if you have time to deal with <laughs> it. Um, and so that kind of that was kind of weird. The yeah. story wasn't that great, but like, I love the steampunk aesthetic, I love like the freaking Megazord fight, and the, it's it's so mm-hmm. good. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> see, you know, you understand, it's catchy. Yeah, and it's I mean, like Rick said earlier, that tier, the music, the very music. high. Yeah, the music, the gameplay. Yeah, the ideas they toyed with, I think, were creative yeah. as well. But of course, it kind of ended up with some some not as great feedback with mm-hmm. things where people, it turns out, want to play the class that they play in the game and not be relegated to sit in the punishment robot <laughs> to go around and do Get some kind robot of DPS. Yeah, some kind of yeah, gimmicky like little thing. Yeah. But at the same time, Alexander was a bridge from Binding yeah. I mean, Coils. They were very it, much still finding their footing for raiding. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of that, which is also why, interestingly enough, we had a lot of questions during the World Race because we had a graphic that we would show periodically. And we'll talk a little more later in today's podcast about the length of time for clear in various things. But everybody kept asking, why does it only show the last tier of Alexander and nothing before that? And the reason was because they very definitively said to everyone, our modern day rating and endgame was based off of creator in Mm -hmm. Alexander. And that's where we had a turning point that changed how we did raids. And from then on, we have the modern perception and modern structure of Mm -hmm. raiding and balancing and the mindset that has started from there and gone forward. So in that regard, you can't necessarily compare the previous tiers and everything else and, you know, a binding coil to modern day raids because they were still experimenting. They had no idea. The tuning, you know, methods and everything else behind the scenes, very different. The actual structure, the ads, everything else, again, very different. So that's why a lot of times if you hear discussions about like the modern day endgame, it's because that's really where we started to see it formed. Yeah. I know. Uh, I, I still love Omega. I know a lot of people don't. <laughs> I, I, like I, told, I, totally, I love it. Yeah, I totally get why from from a story perspective. Like yeah. they're kind of just going, um, here's some nostalgia stuff. You guys like that, right? But I legitimately just love the mechanics in those fights. I think the fights are fun. Yeah, I, I missed the last tier of Omega, or yeah. else it would have be been higher for me. Work just got in the way, so I didn't raid yeah. that. So I wasn't yeah. I, I did not care for, and I think to this day one of my most hated fights in the game actually there's two one is the eden shiva fight i hate that fight <laughs> and it is not because of light rampant but we'll I never just, be parted again i know i just hate that fight <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is actually midgard stormer from the okay. omega raids oh mm-hmm. yeah which is surprising given that for those of you who all know which i think you all do how much i love dragons i was very like excited dragons? yeah i do <laughs> i was very excited about midgard stormer's fight and very quickly that excitement turned to hatred mm-hmm. <laughs> and to dread because it was one of the worst examples of snapshotting that i can think yeah. of mm-hmm. and it was so hard for any of our EU fam or anybody that had any latency with ping or you just end up on the wrong side of something that you've done a hundred times and you were like, I did this the exact same way I've done it the past 100 times and I am dead. And that was frustrating. Yeah, there's a joke somewhere about the wrong side of a hot tail. I'm not going to make it. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
But yeah, yeah. I do remember that one distinctly. I, I think those are Eden probably had two of my least favorite fights too. Again, the yeah, the Shiva fight. Um, mm-hmm. Just because of the the timing of it, after certain statements were made, where she was like, "Stop looting our characters." Also, here's the underage woman getting naked and wrapped in a dragon. Um, holy shit, tone deaf alert. Um, <laughs> but then also just the the normal mode for E12 with that little like story bit in the middle oh, of the sure. fight. Hated it. Oh. It just it sucked any energy yeah. and momentum you had, and it just it was uh, wasn't for me. It wasn't my thing. And and again, like. They tried something different, and that's good. Yeah. Keep trying my, new things. Sometimes they don't work, though. Yeah. My <laughs> very, very most favoriteest Final Fantasy song is The yep. Extreme. So I love 12 Eden. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many. There are so many highlights and good moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, Omega MF, my favorite fight. But I did actually really love the... Uh, second phase of the final fight, the Gaia Oracle of Darkness mm-hmm. fight. Yeah. Yes, I love That's that good. one, and it made me so sad that so few people, like unless you were doing Savage, you just didn't get that fight with her. It was one yeah. of the few kind of bonus phase Savage fights where I went. This should have just been the fight. Yeah. This should like mm-hmm. or. This, I mean, I know the whole Gaia thing with the original, like the first phase is, is cool. But I was like, I almost would have rather have had them flip that where Gaia, the Oracle of Darkness is the first one. And yeah. then the iteration that you get afterwards is the mm-hmm. Eden bonus phase or something, because it's such a cool parallel, not only to Reen, but then to get the kind of time magic that she uses <laughs> and to get this reestablishment of her identity and who she is as an mm-hmm. individual. It felt so crucial to the story overall. It, so it was it, surprising that they kind of like locked it. Yeah. Here, here's a question I want to ask now, since 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 we mm-hmm. mentioned that. How do you feel about ex- uh, Savage Mode having extra bosses that may right. or may not contribute more to the narrative? Good. I good. feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. I I can see why the, it would rankle people because it's like I got to go all the way to there to see that. I definitely get that. I mean, it's similar with the, the Ultimates, especially DSR. Like DSR. Mm. With such a, oh my god, this what if, this is so, so cool. And I'll never get to see it because I won't do Ultimate. Well, well, you can watch it. And I mean, yeah. you know, I I definitely get it, but I think Savage needs something. True. I, I, I think it needs yeah, yeah. something to build that hype. I don't, yeah. I don't know if it is a whole nother boss model. A whole nother phase could be an easy, you know, kind of in between. But I don't know. I, I think I feel I feel good about it, even as like I feel as though I am not a Savage Raider anymore. Technically, most likely, I mean, I'll do PF probably, but, you know, oh my God, I did my yeah. first party finder yesterday, you guys. Yes, oh, babe. no. What? <laughs> we what won? have you been brought to? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't we know. won. It was it was very cool. But like, I'd never done party finder before. Yeah. I learned something about party finder. Um, if you're in a party with people already, you can join and have everybody join a different party finder party. Like, oh, I was in a party okay. with two people, oh, and okay. whoever was party leader picked the party finder and threw all of us in there instead of being like, okay, break, go in. Gotcha. I had no yeah. idea you could do that. Is yeah, that I, 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 I don't hate myself <laughs> enough to do party finder for savages, so. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think- yeah, I, I agree with Aldino thinking, thinking about 
the original question. I agree with yeah. Aldino on it. I think yeah. that having a bonus phase, having bonus boss stuff is at its core good. And I think yeah. the Gaia thing was just one exception where I went, this one seemed pretty important. Fam right. probably should have put that one in the main. But for the vast majority of it, right, it's, it's a bonus phase. It has that escalation. And that is what I think that events like the World Race are so phenomenal for. You don't have to be a hardcore endgame raider mm -hmm. to watch them, but it's a way to, by proxy, experience that journey to feel the hype with a ton of people as opposed to just your static or just your group as you all see that phase transition for the first time, as you see the mechanics get progged, as you reset and wipe and reset and wipe and finally claim victory. So in many ways, you get to share that journey, even if for whatever reason you yourself aren't raiding. So I encourage people to, you know, if if those bonus phases and things are stuff that you want to experience, but you don't think you'll ever play in the game, watch mm -hmm. the race, watch other prog videos, watch streamers that are progging stuff, because that's where I think you do get a sense of that same journey. So I don't mind that they put those in for the vast majority, because whatever door boss discussions aside, mm -hmm. For me, it makes it feel that much more special to decide to do Savage. Yes. Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's the main point of it. Um, mm -hmm. I get why people who don't want to do Savage might feel a little bit bummed out about it, but you got to give the Savage people something. Yeah. Like, more story that, That's That's, that's absolutely, gear, like, but... oh, that's that's my whole thing. I'm like, man, I wish, like, especially when, when Omega started, we got Neo X death. That's like, oh, that's yeah. cool. Wish I could see that, you know? But, like, you got to give the Savage people something, you know? So. And you can always do it once it's unlocked because you can go directly to yeah. the last one. Yeah. By that time, gear is over it, and you mm. just need maybe three people who know what they're doing. Like bring three friends who did it, or just prog it. Yeah. You'll have the best guides by then, you know. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving down the list. Uh. DPS checks <laughs> with raids. Uh -huh. Um, obviously the big thing with this would have been P8S where they came back and admitted, okay, maybe we, sh we need, we, the HP was just a little, like 1% too much. Mm -hmm. So we they dialed it down like 1%. Um, what do we, what do we think about DPS checks versus something more, uh, like a mechanics thing? I think mm. what they're doing now is fine. They, they mix it up. Sometimes you have a DPS check. Sometimes you have a heal check. Sometimes you need to be where you need to be or everyone's going to die. I think mixing it up is, is good. I think that DPS checks are necessary. It is the one thing that differentiates the end game from everywhere else. Everywhere else, you can zombie through. Mm -hmm. You can raise a billion times. And we're, we're going to talk that it's a little bit changing now for Savage, but I think the DPS check is that, okay, but do you know what you're doing, right? Can you do all that and still do your damage? And I think that that's, I, I think that that's necessary, at least in some of the fights, right? Like if you have a Savage Seer that's four, which I think it's always going to be four, but at least a few of them have to have that DPS check, I, I feel, because otherwise it's a, do you have a third Razor check to me? Sure. And personally, I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, no, it, it starts to, once you start to like define metas, that's when you got to be careful about the design of everything because it's, right. you know, it's like, okay, if you don't have a summoner or a red mage, 
you know, mm-hmm. but you're supposed you're supposed to be able to do it with like all the jobs, whatever jobs you want. You don't have to like pick a specific job. And if they start doing that, then yeah, no, that's yeah. I hadn't thought about that point. That's that's good. Which is why it's a knife edge balance because either you don't have GPS checks and you just zombie through and you bring an extra razor, or you have DPS checks and you go, you look at those razors and you go, could you switch to black maid, please? And it's yeah. it's such a tight window in between that, and we're not there. I'm not gonna say you know, hyperbole, <laughs> like it's not that way right now, but that's the balance that they have to be in between. And of course it wouldn't be for everyone. People would still find a way around, but perception is reality with balance mm-hmm. with MMOs in general. Perception is reality. If someone says that your job can't make the DPS check, then PF will lock you out immediately. We all know that. Yeah. So like, it's so it's such, it's, it's, it's such a shibboleth. Way. Right. But <laughs> it is a shibboleth, like like having a DPS check, you want to have it, but you don't want it to be too hard, but you don't want it to be too easy. But I think they're necessary and you just got to balance. It. I don't know. Mm, it's. It's such an interesting question mm. because I agree there has to be some kind of measure of performance in game. Mm. And this is something that I think is it can be misconstrued so much there's this pressure right about optimization optimization Mm -hmm. optimization and as somebody that's been on the side where i'm like hey i just want to like play my class (laughs) i just want to go through and i want to try to work on streamlining things that make sense to me within the given logic of what i am presented Mm -hmm. and not always feel the pressure of crunching mystery numbers behind Mm -hmm. the scenes to be like if i do this i get one and it's one more than this and then i do these as fast as possible and i interrupt this one and then i because to me i've always personally enjoyed being able to using what the game presents to me create a sense of throughput and logic that optimizes my gameplay that way and so a lot of the greater discussion can feel punishing in that sense of well, you didn't X, Y, or Z or do a million years of research and perfect this thing like you are a computer yourself, so mm-hmm. you can't cross this threshold, even if maybe you are, you know, trying as hard as you can and doing all the mechanics and things like that. So in that sense, I don't mind a shift away from perhaps the biggest test of performance in raids being something like a raw mm-hmm. DPS check, especially early on. I think it's it's difficult because if you have people coming into raids and they're trying to make progress and the literal thing that is stopping them from, like they're getting through the mechanics, they're passing mm-hmm. those, but the thing that is stopping them from clearing that fight is a DPS check just in and of itself, it can disincentivize people so fast to where they don't even want to like continue their journey, uh, learning mm-hmm. and growing. Because especially like week one, when yeah. that gear eye level is so tight and you don't have the buffer of a higher window, people I think very quickly and very easily get discouraged thinking, well, I just can't do this. So in that regard, I don't mind shifting away from a focus specifically on just DPS checks being the major roadblocks of a fight. But I totally agree with what you're saying, Aldino, in the sense that there has to be a reason to have rotations and use them. There has to be a sense of logic in classes that you can do better at if you learn it. Mm -hmm. There has to be a check of that skill. And in many cases, a DPS check 
is one check of that skill. Mm -hmm. Now, I think expanding that to include many other tests of skill, awareness, maneuvering, communication, that's key to me. Because if every fight is just like brutal DPS check after brutal DPS check after brutal mm -hmm. DPS check, it's one of those things where I don't think you're actually testing mm -hmm. the full range of skills that your player base has. So, Do you feel like it's that way right now, currently? This current tier? Yes. I think, yes. Mm. I think it... Wait, are, we wait, talking, mean, are we talking last tier or this tier? Are you talking... Okay, hold on. Now we got it. Good double clarify. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking this tier, but are you talking that... Do I think there's too many DPS checks or do you think... Which one were you asking? If I think they've moved do away you, from DPS checks. Do you think that uh, currently on... We'll go with Pandemonium as a whole... Uh, there have been too many DPS checks, or do you think overall do they do do they lean on the DPS check too often? Okay, good rephrasing. I personally think that the vast majority of Pandemonium up until the recent tier was heavily DPS check focused. Of course, I think that was more specific to specific fights. P8S mm -hmm. immediately comes to mind. P8S was brutal, I think, because of that. The first half of the fight is mechanically dense. It is sloppy chaos running, like you were saying, mm. especially that stupid dog, too. I <laughs> genuinely hate that mechanic. <laughs> I know some people didn't have as many problems with it as I did, but to me, that mechanic was sloppy chaos, and I dreaded it every time it was time for dogs, too. Mm. Every single time. So... In that case, they had an incredible, like, RNG, mechanically dense thing that had a lot of mobility checks and a lot of responsiveness skill checks and instantaneous adjustment checks. And then on top of it had a brutal penalizing DPS check, not to mention the 1% thing that yeah. happened where literally people were finding that they weren't able to clear the fight unless they brought in very specific classes because mm -hmm. literally the other classes couldn't meet the DPS threshold. But... That was a bit of a, an abnormality. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think up until this last tier, there was a pretty strong focus on those DPS checks, but we did have some fights that were very forgiving, like um, Eric Thonius. Mm -hmm. We had some very forgiving ones throughout, but then DPS checks, I think, were a major hurdle for many groups versus this last tier, which is incredibly mechanically dense, as well as... Uh, you know, between the different fights, it also tests that more responsiveness reflex skill kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, but as we've seen, and this is, I think, kind of leads us into the next, the next topic. Yeah. Here, um, as we've seen, there's been a lot of discussion about even the world first groups giving feedback that they were able to do their clears, sometimes even with doing a heal limit break, with mm -hmm. having multiple reses, with having all, you know, bringing in a lot of people back from life, having the weakness, having the loss in DPS uptime. Many groups are able to actually get through these fights with those and still clear. So there's much less emphasis on DPS checks. And yet the vast majority of raiders, including Neverland, when they were doing their interview with us mm -hmm. uh, live, said that they preferred it and that yeah. they thought it was more fun to them because the mechanics and things were more interesting and challenging. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, this pandemonium tier in particular in the first two sets was very, very DPS check heavy with the secondary 
one single mechanic that could screw you yeah. up towards the center or end of the fight. Haha, <laughs> looking at you, Cherry. Suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I think that having uh, so many of the fights follow that formula back to back to back to back really just caused a lot of burnout for that mm -hmm. type. So I feel like we're all feeling that whole, oh, does it have to be a DPS check again mm -hmm. right now? Uh, whereas I feel like in the past, uh, in previous uh, tiers of, of raid, they, uh, they mixed it up a little bit more. And yeah. that's what I would like to see a little bit more. So I'm hoping that with the way that this last uh, bunch is panning out, that they've realized they, they hit us too hard with the DPS checks. Please mix it up again. Ugh. Yeah, you would think that I would not be on that side as a optimizer, as lover <laughs> of DPS. But in this game, I think we need less DPS checks because, once again, you have support, you have raising, which is a whole nother thing. Uh, the DPS check is okay. Did you do your mechanic? Did you do your uh, rotation right? The body check, right? There was a few too many of those before too, where it was like, if you're not alive, that's it. It's just full wipe. That's it. And this tier, at least from what I'm hearing has a nice happy medium of the DPS check is a little bit lenient mm -hmm. and the body checks are a little bit more spread apart. So you can recover with the LB three with, you know, multiple raises. And I think that's necessary because they will never, ever, ever give damage to a job that has more utility period. And that means when you have jobs that have more utility, you have a, you, you're, you're behind on the DPS check. And that is what pushes people to go to the higher DPS jobs. Cause it's like, we'll yeah. get the mechanics eventually, but I need to be able to put out the amount of damage that is necessary. So I need to move from the one that gives me the, the easy bumpers. Let's, you know, like the, sure. when you're bowling, you put the bumpers on the side of red mage and summoner, they're bumpers. That's what they are. Um, they are there to help you prog to see more and to zombie through fights, but it wasn't possible in the last year. Those body checks were intense in both, like P8S and the second phase. Intense. Someone's down for a high concept, well, we all die. Don't even think about it. It's not, it's not possible, right? So I think that there has to be less focus on DPS checks and body checks too. And then Weirdly. give you that space, yeah. Mm -hmm. Really, I've I've never really hated body checks because it makes people have to learn the mechanic. You have to get yes. yes, you have to learn the mechanic, or you will never get to the next part of the fight. Uh, is that is that a little bit? Um, I feel like that is a little bit more on the like intensive side, and I accept that for mm. myself. But, um, well, that's. I think that that's true. It's just that if you have more body checks, then it makes the raise less useful but you're yeah. still being penalized because you can raise but you can't because it doesn't help that's what, what i'm mean. saying right the window. Like, yeah. yeah the window sure, of time sure. that you have usually yeah where if a mistake happens i agree with both of you simultaneously yes <laughs> because you're right zen in that it makes the actual flow from one mechanic to another something that you have to master mm -hmm. in and of itself you have to be able to execute this cleanly so that you can get into the next and execute that cleanly which creates a more difficult longer chain of sustaining mechanical mm -hmm. execution but just like you said aldino there are some times that are very frustrating especially given oftentimes how much room there is when that 
buff or debuff goes out for whatever the next mechanic is, but you raise somebody, they raise up right as that goes mm -hmm. out, they're alive, then that goes out on everybody. And even if you sit there for the next five seconds or whatever, there's just no way you can do that mechanic even with all the people there, mm -hmm. even if that res, which you used in the way that you needed to bring somebody up to try oh. to account for a mechanic, it, it so. nullifies it in a way. Mm -hmm. I saw the coolest thing happen uh, in the first year this time around, or the first fight this time around, sorry. Mm -hmm. What's his name? Kickball Man? Uh, Cookitoes. Cookitoes! Oh, I've been calling him Cookitoes because Cookie I'm a terrible person. Um, so, somebody died right when we needed to do the fire pairs, and uh, the white mage... It was my partner, actually, yes. And the white mage raised them where they were standing with their partner, told their partner to stay there. So now they put the partner there. And then the white mage came over to me and I was like, smart, mm -hmm. good brain. <laughs> but then they took one step too far onto the ice and died. Yep. Oh. So they almost did a good. No. <laughs> yeah. They were like, well, I thought I was going to be a genius, but. Mm -hmm. A for effort. But yeah, I think. Either way. Yeah. A for effort. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like I like that kind of happy medium place because like especially now where I think for me like as at, you know I've been playing this game for forever right the Hello? idea of like that min max perfect rotation and it's like we're hitting a DPS check you need to do better and it's like how like that that kind of like vibe like will get me so disinterested super quick in a fight where i just like i'm you know what i'll just stop writing then like if this is where the group is where we just like you guys aren't playing it better and like good enough it's like well we're already like you know we're doing the best we can like what else do you want us to do so having that kind of balance with the dps check and the mechanics where it's not like if you like fuck up one mechanic that's it like i like having that little bit of a of a padding but it's it's also one of those things too where I would probably put myself as more of like like a casual raider versus like the crazy sure. people. But for those people, <laughs> we also have ultimates. So like sure. maybe there but is is that opportunity to have that you know a little bit of bumpers right in that savage content without mm -hmm. aggravating too many like, people. That's yeah. why it's so important when you enter a group to understand the mindset of, sure. of mm -hmm. the majority, like what they want. Because mm -hmm. if, if they want you to do a perfect rotation every time and you're maybe not that kind of person, you just go, okay, well, I'm not going to stay. Bye-bye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to make but that call. there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's not as though you're failing because, you know, you just can't do it the way you're supposed to or whatever. I mean, right? It's just having different goals and objectives in mm -hmm. something like Endgame. But it does make it harder if there are hurdles that make it so that, you know perhaps a bracket of players that are trying to engage with it, but who can't for whatever reason, literally clear the, the numerical side of it. Mm -hmm. it. It makes, it makes it more difficult. Right. Um, yeah. And I will say that honestly, I would not mind at all if they wanted to ease up DPS checks to make room for other things, <laughs> you know, I'd be so fine with that. For example, if they're calculating DPS checks right now with healers running optimal DPS on their end, in addition to whatever very scripted healing they have to do, if easing the DPS check meant that they could more frequently put checks in for healers, accounting for the fact that they wouldn't have their DPS uptime, I am 2000% fine with that. 
because I'd like challenges that correlate to the class that I'm playing, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'd like something that does that. So again, I think that putting all the emphasis on something just like a DPS check can sometimes put so much pressure on just that one facet that you are missing fun things like Zen, what you always bring up, you know, when you used to have to use the mobility of ranged to go around and do various little mechanics or having a lot of constant throughput healing, which then, yes, lowers your overall DPS and DPS thresholds, but challenges you in a different way. I think there's room to play with that. So I was happy to see them overall play with that for the last tier, especially given the kind of shadow of the P8S yeah. overtuning that was hanging over our heads. Yeah, there's there there has to be a happy medium because devil's advocate, if the DPS check is not difficult, then you will be clearing that before mechanics happen. Once you get gear. Mm. If the DPS check is not difficult in week one, oh my goodness, week eight. What was the last mechanics? I don't know. We didn't see them. You know what sure. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so it's a really interesting. But that's happened battle. too in the past. Yeah, it definitely yeah. has, right? And then skip score, uh, skip sore, right? <laughs> yeah. Then you have the pressure to do more DPS. You, you see what I mean? Like, it's like mm. it, it's it's weird because the pressure is always going to be DPS. To be honest, everyone does mechanics. Everyone mm. has to do the mechanics, so everybody has to do that. But everyone also does DPS, even if they don't want to. Like, even if you don't want to. When you press like a size, it's going to do damage. Haha, <laughs> you did damage. <laughs> right. So it's like, it's so hard to think for, I'm sure on their side, to think how much is enough so that it's, it's a little bit more evergreen. It's not too difficult, but it does give the DPS the brain tickles. Because, I mean, if it's just the mechanics and DPS doesn't matter, then yeah, I would like to be challenged on the job that I brought too. So it's it's like uh it's just a very difficult balance here, but I think that this is in the right direction, honestly. Let's just do Bardem's Metal Savage. <laughs> no DPS required, it's just all mechanics. Stand here, stand there, done, easy. I do was, like when they that a, recognize that a mechanic. Yes. <laughs> don't don't have <laughs> I do like when they recognize there's a mechanic where it's like, hitting your buttons at the same time while you try and do this with the rest of your brain meats would be really hard. You don't have to fight it right now. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like Blitzball. Yes, like Blitzball. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So moving on um, with the uh, last fight here uh, of, of uh, Anna Baseos. Um, there was a thing that they did with this fight. Um, for people that remember the uh, Omega Protocol uh, World First Race, um, there was one group. They had some 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 big zoom outs. They were using some <laughs> s some naughty things, and they they zoomed like way the hell out. You um, be online. <laughs> you be online. Um, <laughs> this the phase. The second phase of this this of, of P12 um, looks like it zooms out a lot. It does. It has a purposeful, cheeky reference. Yeah. There is no other explanation for this. There's none. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot fathom anything else that would have made them do this. And funnily enough, while we were casting the race, the questions were never ending. Mm -hmm. We get people continuously coming in. Yeah. 
who are going, oh, I guess it's just fine that we're using third-party tools now. <laughs> oh, it's just like, you're just going to let them just do it while they're zoomed out. And we kept yeah. having to say over and over, it's in the fight. It is the yeah. fight. This is the fight. They made it like this in the fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant in a lot of ways. It's very funny um, because there's the phase, for anybody who doesn't know, where um, she she kind of, Athena becomes... Oh, what is it? Palace Athena. She becomes Palace Athena, which is actually a reference to one of the um, um, historical and mythological names that Athena mm. went by, which has various myths of, you know, somebody that died in her life. And then she decided to, like, carry on their their, you know, uh, memory uh, in various retellings of the myth. But typically it translates to something like to use as a weapon. So she like Palace Athena is is you know, using these powers as a weapon. And she has this phase where she makes kind of like the world, it's similar to what we see in the Ultima High Seraph fight, where you end up on that little platform and you're taking like the constant damage, but it looks like a globe and all of your players are on there and there are like little AOEs that detonate around it. But mm. she has these big tentacles and she will grab this marble, this this earth essentially, and then she'll do different things to it. So she'll either spin it or she'll grab it on the sides and rotate it that way or she won't touch it at all. And depending on what she does with that, it makes those AOEs go off mm. in a different pattern because of the momentum of the orb. And it has a forced perspective zoom which is yep. apparently actually just some kind of like trick where they actually shrink everybody down in the arena <laughs> so yep. you get like small, but it looks as though you're zoomed out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, it, it brought up a lot in the community about the acknowledgement of something like this, especially given the fact that the last race to world first team from top or the, sorry, technically the first one that cleared mm -hmm who were using a lot of different things they weren't supposed to and obviously had this hack that did this zoom out. But of course, they were discredited from mm -hmm. their clear because of it. And I believe many of them were banned as well. So it brought up some yeah, interesting conversations about mm -hmm. um, was this in good taste, perhaps? Um, and I mean, I think the vast majority of people found it funny. Sure. But at the same time, and I did too, I'm not like upset about it, mm -hmm. but it is difficult when something like that, again, was like blatantly not okay, and then raised all these questions in the community about an, um, giving an impression of people using a third party tool, even yeah. if it's in the game. And then, you know, also kind of, I, I can only imagine maybe felt like a bit of salt in the wound um, yeah. in regards to those who had been punished for this. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, my, my gut reaction would be, okay, that's kind of funny. But, like, after you take a second to, like, think about it, uh, probably not in the greatest of tastes. Um, you know, it's it's not quite uh, Rapid Naked Reen in a Dragon, <laughs> but I think this is, like, the next, like, on that list of, like, ooh, maybe no, like, mm. is this. Um, especially with, I with the way that their, their stance on third-party tools, right? Um, I wonder so how long ago this sense. fight was designed, though. Sure. Mm. Yeah, like, I mean, it could honestly, be something that they've been planning. Yeah, no, no big deal to me. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm just topic blind. No, that's, here, I mean, like, that's that's a valid point. I mean, you know, they're already, you know, by the time a patch drops, they're well working on the second one. So I, that's that's a very valid point. Mm -hmm. Look, like, I'm on the other side. I am, like, if you're topic blind, I am negative about literally everything, right? <laughs> At least in this moment, and. 
I see. It's probably not in great taste, but if they planned it, like, whatever. And I think the other thing is, do they even know? I mean, let's be honest. Do they do they do they really know that people would react in that way? I don't think they do. I really don't think they do. I, I think that they did the the fight and they had this planned and they checked it and they went, yeah, that's cool. And they put it out and people started saying, oh, that's kind of like the Zoom tool. And they went, oh, really? I hadn't thought about I, that. I don't, and what was the name of it? What, the, the mechanic, do you know? Oh, I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I haven't seen it, but it sounds to me like they were just trying to make something look super neat and theatrical. Yeah, yeah. very, very big. I, I really <laughs> want to give but, them, yeah, like, I, the benefit of the doubt, right? That, like, they they have to know, right? They Like, they have I community teams that report yeah. things to them. Like, but <laughs> well, also, like, I just dev team hasn't been perfect over the last couple of years. Like, they've, they've some really, like... Square Enix, I love you. I do a weekly podcast about your game. You've done some stupid shit with this game. Um, so it's like, it's it's hard to say. Like, I want to give them the yeah. benefit of a doubt. But you never I'm know not being anymore. I'm just saying that they didn't know or didn't care. I yeah. also don't necessarily think that it's inherently good or bad. Right. right. I mean, I think that getting in on the joke shows an awareness of community. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it can be a cheeky, fun nod. And the vast majority of perception that, you know, I gathered mm -hmm. was in line with like, oh, that's so cute. The devs know and they pay mm -hmm. attention to these things because mm -hmm. it was massive. Like it wasn't just mm. it wasn't just that this happened on the race and then they got, you know, it became a meme that exploded. It was yeah. trending on almost every single social media app. Like it was a huge thing. And the perspective of that particular scene Mm. does look almost identical to many of the memes okay. where you have the zoom out planet yeah. and then there's like the whole so again we can't say for sure they have not come out with a public statement and then i think you bring up a very good point about development times as well which i hadn't mm -hmm. considered um but it's interesting because i can see on one hand how there are those little negative discussions around it and you know how that would probably feel seeing something like that but i also think that Either way, it has brought a different concept into the game that I'm genuinely excited by. Mm -hmm. Because if you do start planning around, well, what if we put a phase in that requires some kind of aerial view? Oh, we'll just change the perspective. Squint phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, they can do that, though. And they've yeah, obviously they figured out a technology mm -hmm. to create an impression of it. And if a meme is what paved the way... <laughs> If, like, we know they are doing, because they are implementing things that may or may not be tools, implemented yeah. from their party tools, I mean, including the job icons next to your mm -hmm. names, and all kinds of other stuff, very well could have been that they went, oh, wait, hold on. If players in our game are saying that for certain mechanics, it would help if they were zoomed out, what if we yeah. just leaned into that and we did something where we made it even more complex, and then we, like, this mechanic isn't wildly complex, but mm -hmm. it opens doors for future things, which is yeah. uh, an I mean, interesting result. There's there's yeah. certainly different aspects of that kind of thing, too. Like, I can remember um, right before Shadowbringers dropped, they had uh, Titania as the battle challenge at E3. Um, and when you have that ad phase, some of the, like all the ads are huge mm -hmm. and depending on where your camera is, it can kind of get, be a little tricky. And I, I remember yeah. we asked Yoshida about that. Um, and he just kind of laughed. He was like, yeah, it used to be even worse. <laughs> so yeah. like, we know that like, whether it's, you know, we don't know what they did to adjust it, right. Whether they shrunk down stuff, increased the arena size, like 
there's so many different factors, right, to that you can mm-hmm. do um, for that kind of stuff. But we know that they've, you know, in certain fights before, how they've kind of tech hacked things where it's like yeah. uh, Leviathan, like, you know, as this part shakes, not this part. You know, it's like the opposite of what you would think um, mm. and stuff like that. So or Sophia. Yeah. Yeah. The background <laughs> tilts, not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. It's stuff like that. So, um yeah, I mean, you know, uh, and we talked about this, you know, when when fighting pandemonium too, the idea like there's so many little things that they can do um to add kind of a, a, a fresh coat of paint to to what I mean it already be new content, but like um you know, just what we typically have as fights in Final Fantasy 14, right? Whether it's adjusting point of view, whether it's um you know, adding different levels of verticality or different platforms. Um, and so I'm really curious to see um, if we continue just to see like elements of this kind of creep into a trial every so often, or if eventually we'll just get like, Hey, we can do this now. And it's just like this big kind of change overall to things. I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah. new thing. I like new thing. Give me, please. Thank you. Give, give thing. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, the other, <laughs> the mount, um, so mm. with this tier pandemonium, um, we had, what was, uh, first tier was the Phoenix mount, mm-hmm. right? Uh, second tier was dragony Phoenix flamey bit mm-hmm. <laughs> final tier for whatever reason, um, uh, is, is an axolotl. Yep. Okay. That, mm. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the tweet. Um, how do how do we feel like there's this, there's been this meme going around somebody complained that like you shouldn't have cute mounts locked behind savage um which like i don't disagree with like in, in certain regards but also like the hell does this axolotl like the an axolotl so many different <laughs> types of people who enjoy different things do savage sure, sure. we've had yeah. badass looking mount after badass looking mount and Maybe somebody wants a cute mount. I don't think it hurts to have one and the entirety sure. of, of all of this lineup of, of stuff. I think the axolotl makes sense because that's where they were created. I don't think it makes sense. <laughs> I don't think it makes sense. It's it's like okay. they just they went I, through I like that... the models of things that they had in like uh, I mean, Elpis and they're like that'll be a mount. Elpis. Yeah, I, know. I don't think it, it's weird. And if it came from Elpis, which I know Pandemonium is in Elpis, but it's not for the last tier. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I get it. But also, the axolotl is just kind of a, a mental shift out of the raid yeah. into Elpis. And that's fine. I get it. I'm not saying that I hate this. I don't it's, hate it's this. It's not completely care. out of left field, yeah. but it's, like, not quite in the same field <laughs> as the raid. At, when you look at 12, you go, ooh, a mount with any sort of theming like she has would be kind of cool. I'd like Ooh, that. Give me like a yeah. big weird She's glowy moth thing. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't or think give, it's a big give, deal. Yo, I don't go, think it's a go, big deal either. I'm just saying it, it give, doesn't give the, make the sense to me. Zoom out orb as a mount. Yeah. That's that would fine. be really oh funny. God. Like oh, they already have a thing funny. where they make us tiny, the jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, the axolotls do have a lot of interesting things with them genetically and adaptability wise sure. and evolutionarily. And so, again, yes. And there's the Elpis ties and there's reasons mm-hmm. that it was used in Elpis. So, again, I think this was maybe one of our most lukewarm hot dramas that we had recently because mm-hmm. it's like, it doesn't matter. No, it but, doesn't. <laughs> but 
it did become a huge meme and people like even hired that one guy that does the dramatic voice acting readings. Yep. They hired him to read the meme of the like, I'm so upset about this is a cute mount that is now there's like a block text basically mm -hmm. that's repeated. And I mean, it's become a bigger thing and it did lead to this discussion, I think, almost mm -hmm. of rewards being tailored to perceived demographic of audience. And sure. I personally genuinely really wish they'd put that axolotl mount as the omni reward i was sure. really bummed we didn't get an omni mount to this expansion i know they just started doing it with shadow bringers but it was the only time that actually incentivized me to do omni mm -hmm. out of out of years of playing this game when they put amaro behind that i went okay well it's time for me to do omni leveling and mm -hmm. while i was going through the motions for this expansion i wasn't as interested or committed to it because the hat just really didn't appeal to me. <laughs> and so I kept hoping maybe they'll add something. And of course we had the MSQ mount, so that one fit where it did and we, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, well that's not gonna be our reward. So what could there even be that would be as symbolic of a mount? And I think this axolotl would have been a, a meaningful way to embody the expansion and, you know, becoming a master of all those classes and getting this interesting creature. And then have something else for the Savage. But again, does it really matter? No, it's just a different mount. We've had mounts that are small or silly or that are kind of tangentially related to the raids mm -hmm. before. We had that one like skipper, you know, from the Eden raids that was like mm -hmm. the, the little candy striped vehicle. Yeah, yeah but from the, the little... back, it looks like Balam Garden for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We've had the little, you know, um, Air Force airplane mm -hmm. yeah. that was directly taken from the raid directly taken from the raid yeah. yeah so i mean yeah it's a little weird it's not the end of the world but yeah. i kind of wish they'd done something else with them yeah. Out. yeah it's it's just against against precedent which is not a bad thing right. per se i just go now you do it that's weird and, right and yeah that's that's it's, the weirdest part for me the thing is i'm like maybe this will branch out into the gear because boy am i tired of the same looking gear like, mm -hmm. If you've if you've realized you need to maybe uh, skip around and try different types of mounts for this, maybe you could try a different look for the gear. Cause Please. holy crap! Also, this is this is just me, but I I gotta file a bug report. This is the funniest stupid thing. Okay. The to the the weapon from the raid for Scholar is a is a book that looks kind of like a scroll. It's really cool. When you dye it, doesn't dye the page color. The page is black with gold. For Summoner, it's broken. If you dye it any color, it flips it flips the pages to the negative of black and gold. Any color you pick, so it's broken. And I, I remember I was like, oh, let me look at the gear. Let me just, how would that die? Why is this broken? Did no one see this? How did no one see this? So that, yeah. no, it's just a little note there. I'm like, wait, what happened here? <laughs> but yes, yeah, please forums. give us different different gear yeah i know yeah nobody cares it'll be fine they'll probably notice it <laughs> before 7.0 it's nice um that they've been releasing all that pvp here that looks like yeah. armor and anyone can wear it mm -hmm. so people who like to play healers but don't get armor are finally getting that sort of glamour but i play dancer and i want to wear cutesy cutesy clothes and be fluffy and frilly and flip around in beautiful circles but you keep giving me armor and freaking machinist jackets and i'm yeah. tired of it you know, this yeah. segue very well into the next point, which is the loot changes. <laughs> <laughs> Savage loot changes. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Now, so, this- body, for, for those that don't know, real quick, uh, what they changed is the body piece will now drop from the third fight. Um, mm-hmm. And then you'll have a guaranteed drop of each kind. Um, what do we... I mean, I like yeah, this change. I think doubles. it's a great change. Because the idea of, like, gearing for the final fight makes a whole lot of sense. And I'm surprised that we mm-hmm. haven't talked about it before this. Um, but, yeah, I think it's I think it's a great change. Yeah, that change. And then I think the, the ability to change the last book into any other book, I think, is another Ooh. bit. Yep. Uh, and then I, I can't remember what the, the last change was. I think it's just the doubles that you can't get doubles anymore. Like you wouldn't be able to get two right. rings at one. Yeah. Right. I think overall pretty good because the, the issue with people who clear it early is that they're like, and now I need to get my gear for another job. Ah, oh, this sucks so much. It takes so long to get the gear mm-hmm. for another job just because of lockouts and because of the way that it drops and you'll get double gloves and you're like, I don't, uh, I don't need that. I, I think it's a good change. Honestly, I, I don't see a problem. Yeah, no problems on my end. I mean, I think mm. it's great, especially too, because it always felt a little bit strange that you had two vital pieces that come from the fourth fight, mm-hmm. chest and weapon. And if you were part, uh, you're party findering it and you just cannot so help you get that clear on that last fight. If, you know, you have a group and the group breaks up before the last fight, or if you're hitting a wall on the last fight, Mm -hmm. you can actually get more bang for your buck from the previous tiers, get gear more effectively, get that chest piece. So it's not like you're missing out on two vital slots of gear just because you haven't gotten to or can't clear or haven't yet Mm -hmm. cleared that last fight. So I think that's great. I think the guaranteed drops also fantastic because that's always frustrating when it was like, great, well, we just got two rings and no one needs them. So Mm -hmm. tiny, tiny bit of not really shade towards Greenix on this one. Mm -hmm. If they move the chest to the uh, third fight, then they have to worry less about the DPS check on the last fight. It's true. And, you know, I think it's it's interesting that it's the chest because some best in slot will have that raid chest and some won't. So been a long time since fighting. my best in slot didn't have that. Right. right. Like it, it's, it's interesting that they chose it and they put it there because I think not only does it, it gets you that preparation for the next bit, but it also might, maybe I haven't looked at every best in slot. I'm barely rated. Um, it might also make the healers and tanks get this chest sooner because some of the DPS don't care about it because that's one of the things like the drop from the third fight being the uh, weapon token, right? Healer tank. You're not getting that first week, first four weeks. It's not happening, but that chest you might get because, well, that's really great for a tank. If it's your best in slot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's a, it's a good item to move a little bit earlier just because of the way that it works, because everybody needs a weapon. Everybody needs that weapon token. Every single person. So it's a little, I I think it's a a nice little added change. I actually didn't know about the being able to change your books out thing. That's cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not a fever dream. No, you can exchange. (laughs) Yeah, you can exchange them. I think it's a one-to-one. Yeah, one-to-one. That is pretty neat. Mm -hmm. One thing that has been talked about, though, is that while we have that adjustment they haven't actually adjusted the amount that's needed for books to purchase pieces and things like that 
which I think is much requested by the community. Yep. Make it so that, you know, it takes less for us to get, you know, whatever we specifically need or want using those books. And that way you can also gear up alts a little bit faster. I personally don't really think there would be any harm in that. I, I, maybe other people will have, will have more thoughts on it, but to me, I'm just going, yeah, I mean, hey, if you've already cut some slack on these other things with drops and moving gear around they to the third party. Right, uh, one time, didn't they? Like, didn't hats used to be they, six or something? They dropped a couple down by, like, two. Yeah. Mm. Um, but no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think yeah. their big worry, right, whenever they look at rewards for stuff is... They want people in the duty finders, in the party finders, whatever, right? So that people are running the content. Um, I think what they would be worried about is if they make it too easy, people would be done quicker. But, yep. but in this case, if they make it easier, you might have people more willing to gear more jobs than before. Mm -hmm. Because no, for it, me, if, I'm yeah. if I wanted to gear another job, I would look at what I would need to get. And I'd be like, you know what? Even all that now, just for one extra job, it's too much work. But if they dip that down, I might be willing to do a couple more jobs, which would put me in the content more, which would make it more easier to get into for other people, blah, blah, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. They did reduce, though, because uh, chest and leg gear used to be eight and now it's six. That's right. Oh, okay. I forgot. And accessories used to be four and now it's three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they did, they did lower oh, it a little well, bit. Well, then we're complaining about nothing. Um, well, it's still different. They could, it's they still could go lower. They could go lower. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really? and I think a lot of the major pieces they have, like the other major pieces they haven't, I don't think, yeah. reduced. No, nothing else. Yeah. Just, so, just gear and accessories. So, yeah, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I think it's, I think it's a good change overall, but I have heard multiple people echo the sentiment, even some of the world raiders that, mm -hmm. you know, world first raiders, that they would like to see the tomes take a slight nerf as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah tomes, yeah. Tokens, yeah. I mean... It Speaking as someone who is a caster who doesn't play Black Mage first, usually Black Mage best in slot is the inverse of the other two. So it's like, get all the other gear to play just one other job in your branch. Yeah. Like, that sucks. I don't believe that striking isn't the same way. There's different skill speed requirements. Tanking is not the same way. Healing is a little bit, but not really the same way. So, yeah, I would love to see this continue to go down because if you beat it, give me gear. Like, I beat it. Just give me the damn gear. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What's, why am I, why do I have to drag this out for eight weeks? Yeah. Why? I mean, and, and I think, you know, with, with the points that I made earlier, I think it's different too when you're looking at something like Savage because you're mm -hmm. not, you know, auto match, you're not matchmaking in yeah. something, right? You have a predetermined group. So, I think in that case, like, just let people get the gear. Like, it's... Are they trying to draw it out for, like, the sub money? Most people sub multiple months at a time anyway. Like, I don't... Just let people get the gear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, the, I think the changes that they did make are good. Yeah, they're great. And, yeah, I hope I hope they keep an eye on that. Because I don't think this is going to wreck everything. Um, and, I mean, one thing that this did bring up that was interesting. That we, for the first time at least with the races on the shifts that I've been casting, mm -hmm. we did see in this race split runs, which is the something worst. I am very familiar with from World of Warcraft races that I've cast. Yep. 
where literally sometimes the first three days, if mm -hmm. not more, of a race is literally just um, players running Mythic Plus dungeons or running whatever to do split runs to try and funnel specific pieces of gear to specific players. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who doesn't know what this is, essentially the idea is that you either have part of your party come in on alts, or you have, like, in the case of WoW, they pay mm -hmm. players to come in. Yep. And, um, like, come in with their fresh characters so that you pop the chest again for whatever the, you know, mm -hmm. we take reduced rewards, obviously, in 14. But the idea being that you, like, keep popping in with alts so that whatever other people in your main lineup that you're trying to gear, you can funnel a specific drop or couple drops to them. So we did see at least one team during this race running splits on mm -hmm. the third fight to try and get some extra gear for the last. Now, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like that made a massive difference, especially given the the slightly more breathing room that we had with mm -hmm. DPS checks. I think that if they had really hard, aggressively yes. done DPS checks, and if they had accounted for baseline-wise, which we don't know if they did or didn't, but if they had accounted for baseline-wise, expecting people to have the drops from three, which I assume they did to some extent, but mm -hmm. again, if they'd been more punishing about it, I think we would have seen that play a much larger role in the race. But it did raise a question that, you know, um, I guess I would pose, pose to those of you who are interested or to Aldino, who I think is familiar with this a lot. Do you think that something like split runs because of this change are going to be seen more in future world races? If the DPS check was harder this time, yeah, because they got burned once already with P8S. Like that was the the kind of feeling afterwards of, oh, we should have done splits. Like if we had done splits and that wouldn't even have been a problem, we'd have had that 1% extra gear. Mm -hmm. But since they're kind of backing off on that, I don't I don't think that most groups will even attempt it. Like, I, I don't I don't see it it's just because it was so much easier this time. You can die and still clear it. But yeah, if it was similar to the P8S, yeah, we'd already be talking about everybody started to doing started to do splits at 11 because they couldn't beat 12, you know? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, and I would hate to see that. I nothing takes me out of a, a race because I was watching WoWs, but the first two days, almost three this time. Yeah, I think was all split running. Yep. And then when the major guilds got back into the race, they caught up and then overtook everybody. So it was like number three, which I believe is method uh, at the time, was in the lead as far as progression. And then, you know, um, the other two, and I forget, I think it's Limit and Echo, they kind of caught up and then overtook with their gear because they took the time to do splits. It was interesting to see a lot of other guilds get world first on like the first, second, up to like fifth boss, I think. That's cool. It gives them the space to get a world first on their own because these guilds with millions of, you know, gold and, and all the people aren't there. But yeah, split runs are just horrible. I I would never want to see that in 14, ever. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's, it's tough because it's not only boring to watch. Yeah. It is so boring. It's so incredibly boring. <laughs> and let me just tell you all, I will do it. And I love, I love casting the races no matter what's happening. But there is nothing worse than trying to just tread water for three days while splits are the only mm -hmm. thing that's happening. And everybody is like, have they done the bosses yet? Has they ever, have they even done the bosses yet? And you're like, no, we've been doing splits. Into for, the yeah, it's like we've been doing splits for three days. The, the raid has been out for three days. And 
we're still in old content. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, of course, you keep it engaging in whatever way you can. Yeah. But like you said, it does, it creates this interesting window where different groups can come in to claim a lot of different, mm -hmm. you know, world firsts while they know that the other teams are kind of preoccupied. Mm -hmm. But it does also then shift this very strange mentality to, well, the race doesn't really matter until we get to the last until, boss. Yep. And I mean, of course, I think that does exist to some degree in 14 as well, because the last bosses mm -hmm. are usually significantly more difficult. Mm -hmm. So yes, whoever gets through that boss first typically is going to be the one that even just won the whole race in general, right? But mm -hmm. because they did like technically clear the whole wing first and... I mean, we're lucky right now, right? Because we do have these smaller groups. We have four bosses. You mm. do have to progress through them linearly. And with not having to worry about a bunch of split stuff, typically the group that wins is the one that took home many, if not all of the actual firsts on that because mm. they're just progressing through. Um, and then other teams have a chance to catch up on the last boss because it usually has considerable, considerably more prog time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's more neck and neck versus sometimes with like the WoW raids where you're right, like if, if we lean too hard that direction, which I don't think we will, I don't think we are in danger yeah. of that personally, but if you lean too hard in that direction, there does become this sense of, yeah, well, we're not going to even try until we get the gear and then we'll be yeah. there for the real race, which is only the last boss or, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, that said, I believe the WoW race was very close this time. Yeah, the last correctly. one. Yeah. It came so. Down to. so, and I mean, both of the guilds that were top running did splits for those days. So, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, as we move out of uh, just the, uh, the raid scene here for Endwalker... Um, we also want to take a look at some of the other kind of endgame content that we've had this expansion. Um, obviously, after Savage, the next one that we would go down to, logically, is the Extreme Fights, um, mm -hmm. which we had for um, Barbaritia, we had Rubicante, um, and now Golbez. Mm -hmm. um, so do, what do we, how are we feeling about these extremes versus uh, the weapons that we had in, in Shadowbringers? Does anybody have any thoughts on those? I miss the trial series. I know. Yes. I know that it's it's put into MSQ and that's that's great. That's but, right. Yeah. We were just yeah. talking about that earlier. It's like make it part of the main story. Great. But like. Yeah. Make it it part just... of the main story at the, the loss of like an entirely awesome, like awesome side story yeah. with like potentially more content offerings if they also had MSQ trials like. Mm-hmm. What happened, Square? <laughs> what Never happened? Mind. They're just trying different things. And, they, yeah. and, and that's good. I'm good. glad they're trying it. This time around, it was not good. Did not mm. work. Yeah, it's the extremes. I Again, I enjoyed them. Mm. Or, I mean, I did. I, I've done two of them. And I, I've heard about the other two. Mm. And mm. I really enjoyed Barbarisha. I will say that much. I thought Barb was one one of the most fun extremes that probably has ever been in the game. I thought it had a great pace. It was really enjoyable. It's really it's chaotic, but in that fun kind of way. Um, and I enjoyed that one a lot. I, you know, I have just been doing the most recent one that we got, um, which I mean, everybody knows it's Golbez. They were obvious yeah. about it. They didn't hide yeah. it. They didn't do, you know, um, the Golbez Extreme is solid. 
I mean, it's it's nothing that I would say is wildly memorable, but it's solid. It has a couple challenging phases. It, um, you know, it it was pretty quick to prog. It didn't feel awful. The the last the second arrow blast thing is probably mm-hmm. the hardest part of the whole fight. Um, but I mean, again, I I do kind of feel that this was perhaps a slightly lackluster group. The yeah. other ones I didn't even try to do because I just heard people said they were pretty boring. <laughs> and I'm going to farm them eventually, but I didn't feel compelled to, like, mm-hmm. go do them. And um, I don't know. I, I think maybe they were trying to use this as an opportunity to encourage players to to step into the extremes. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily say that I felt, you know, very incentivized to go out of my way to do these extremes and the mechanics and things like that. I didn't were fine, but they weren't like, oh wow, they did something in this, or that's like really unique, or that's a um and I I agree. I feel like I missed having the additional kind of content of something something on the side because um mm-hmm. I've enjoyed what they've given us, but I do feel like more often than ever, I'm I'm hearing more and more people as we go through all the content kind of come out the other side and go, oh. I thought there would be a little bit more in this one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's it's not, it's again, it's not like a terrible thing. I, they, there's a lot of reasons for it. And it's not like I hate the game. I still log yeah, into the game like every reasons. day. I mean, well, maybe. We don't, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. know. But I I did find that I was even, I, <laughs> so silly. Fusion was here. I'm saying to Fusion, I'm like, Variant Dungeon. We'll do the Variant Dungeon. Yay, because that came out. And then I'm like, literally up to the point where we didn't play it when we were together because we were doing other stuff. And then I'm like scheduling my stream for this weekend. I'm like, we're going to do the Variant Dungeon on Friday. And finally, somebody was like, Rook, you know that Variant Dungeon doesn't come out until the 0.45 patch, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of like crumbled before me because I was like, oh, then that's really it. That's all I had to yeah. do this patch, mm-hmm. you know? So I have a question. Um, what did we have in place of the trials in MSQ previously? Anything? Like individual trials? What did we have? Well, so uh, we would get, we would get, uh, so like before we would have like a, a trial series on the side. No, 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 but no, no, then, no, no. In, in MSQ. In MSQ, whatever... we would usually get like Solo two duties. trials. So it was it was solo duties. Yeah, like the Elidibus walkthrough because he kidnapped Ishtola. Um, right. Okay. Yeah, we we didn't the the trials weren't part of the MSQ except for like one or two of them. You know, we would we'd mm-hmm. usually get at least like two ex, two per expansion or, yeah. or like patch series even. Yeah. So cause... I personally, <laughs> I personally hate them. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Yeah. What was that? You actually you personally which, hate which, the which what? Part? The uh, solo duties. Yeah, I think solo duties are super boring, oh, yeah. but um, that's because I play an MMO to play with friends. Um, sure. But but I will immediately flip-flop on myself, uh, and I think that they um, give more to the MSQ than the Trials did. Mm, I see. Yeah, I absolutely. See. Yeah. Because what you're getting there is is more personal and, and mm-hmm. a little bit more informative. Right. I, like, I don't hate the trials as being part of the MSQ, but I do definitely miss the like big chunk of other stuff that we're not yeah. getting. They, yeah, it, it definitely feels it makes like the world feel more full. Like because mm-hmm. you're getting a whole different storyline too. Yeah, and it, it, like the last one was a banger. The weapon yeah. storyline was so good. I loved I, it. I loved yeah. I loved the beasts. Uh, the what are they? Yeah, 
Uh, the four, four lords. lords. Four lords. Four lords. Oh, the four lords. Yeah. Warring triad. Like, yeah. Side trials have always been really cool. So um, I actually don't mind wherever they want to put the trials, but I miss the chunk of lore that we're missing out on. Yeah. It's yeah. The, something that's fleshing out the world. And while we are getting the Chiharu quests, which I feel like are almost supposed to... That's apples and oranges. I will... No. I know. No. I, I, no, no, no. I, <laughs> well, listen, well, I agree with you in the sense that I don't feel necessarily that the Chiharu quests fill that niche. Technically, is it probably about the runtime of whatever cutscenes we would have had for something like a trial? I would assume. Yeah. I would assume for the trial series it's about equivalent. But... It, it feels like something I would have enjoyed having in addition to, right. especially because we don't have the, I guess we have Island Sanctuary story in place of Boja story and stuff, but there is something about it that is just not, there's like a gap, and I just don't mm -hmm. know, it, it's maybe technically on paper the same amount, but I do agree that I felt like for some reason shifting the the trials into the main story is not a bad thing to do per se but mm -hmm. it left something behind and open that just doesn't feel like it's maybe been quite yeah filled. It, i it think it smushes it smushes all of the content like yes. all of the current content into one thing whereas like you can ignore the tatari storyline entirely mm -hmm. uh it was harder to ignore the side the storylines with the trial uh bunches if you wanted weapons or accessories that were coming mm -hmm. out of that right I think this time around with this patch cycle, they have condensed a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and whether or not cumulatively, right, if, okay, story beats we would have gotten from a trial series are Tataru quests. Um, open world Boja type stuff supplemented by Island Sanctuary and Criterion. It somehow still feels less than mm -hmm. in previous patch cycles to me. Yeah, I just think by moving the trials into the MSQ, they don't they don't have a, a place to stand on their own or breathe, and they just become immediately forgettable, like mm -hmm. well, completely it, forgettable. The the story is also not helping matters. It's like sure, it's like they they copy pasted four. And that's our six point X story. Like Zero <laughs> is here. There's some cool animations with like like meat bread things. Like, but it's just like hard disagree. Okay, no. we're gonna fight a four fiend. Cool. What's the next patch? Fight the second of the four fiends. Cool. What's the third? Go to this. I think. Okay, cool. We fought Golbez. What's next? We're gonna drag this out even longer and do the other predictable thing. It's just like I'm so done with this fucking yeah, story. It's, it's wrong because two of the four fiends weren't even trials. Right. <laughs> and 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 I please I hope I'm not alone. The fact that they're using the four fiends music as just like six point X uh dungeon boss music now drove drove me nuts with the newest <laughs> dungeon where it's like okay now we're gonna do the dungeon fight and it's playing the four fiends music even though we've already killed all four fiends it's like that is on. weird right. Zanitra well, I would on. like to hear your thoughts yeah. <laughs> I want to hear your hard disagree okay they didn't copy paste the four storyline they copy pasted some characters out of it into this mm -hmm. storyline yeah they definitely did that they're exactly the same. They're not in the same order. I didn't mean I, the, like. I didn't mean the story. I did mean specifically the characters. Okay, Just to, well then like, I, I obviously less this isn't, disagree. Yeah, with obviously you. this isn't like the the whole story from four. Like they've they've mm -hmm. created an original st story within the scope of Do Final Fantasy steal. fourteen, but it's really Do like, hey, here's all these characters one after the other, and it's super predictable and boring. Okay, so this this goes. It's not though, because they're not even in the same order. 
Oh, they changed anyway, the order. Holy shit. This goes back this goes back to how you do not like Omega because it's a, a little bit of fan service. I do. Mm. Mm. Um, okay. We figured it it's, out. It's it's a little bit it's a little bit that. Um I think that it makes sense for these particular characters to be here uh, the way they are. Do you hate Ivelisse too? I liked Ivelisse until they like killed it off screen in field notes. <laughs> uh, well, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was. In, I thought it was interesting. Like there was a but part they of me that copy pasted characters from that too. Sure, no, sure, they they absolutely did. Um, but there, there, I and again, like I haven't played four. Like I like the entirety of four. I've played. I've played. I've played a lot. Things. I I corrected and said it wasn't the story. Okay, but like with with evilly stuff, they're like, okay, like here's Fran. Here's like nods to like a couple of the characters as like Evelisian legend or whatever, and that was that was fine. Uh, that didn't bother me as much. But like, I, there's something. Also, Evelise was side content, and it wasn't MSQ for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, this is all MSQ, and it's like it just I don't I I, I hate it. It's so boring. Okay. It's not engaging allowed, to me, and it's super predictable. You are allowed, allowed to hate it. I was also I mean, really I, hoping we would be done with this stuff with this patch. They're like, hey, this time we're going to fight Golbez. I'm like, cool. Maybe we'll get some hints about like what's going to happen. And there's like one little hint. It, and you then knew that just, Golbez wasn't the and then, yeah, yeah, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I knew about, about the other thing, right? And so that was partially, you know, that's like maybe that's where the twist comes in. Maybe that's where, you know, I won't spoil anything, right? But like mm-hmm. obviously... The first four letters of people's names are the same for a couple of characters here. Um, <laughs> it doesn't go the way we we a lot of people thought, but it's just man. I was really hoping we'd get a hint at what's coming up, and instead they're like, <laughs> "Hey, so like, did you get the memo? They're looking for archons, and that was it. That was the whole thing." Meanwhile, like you fight Golbez, and it's like, and we're still dragging this out, and I'm just, <laughs> it was so meh. To me, I will. Like... <laughs> I will say this much. I know a lot of people are going to have strong feelings, as always, mm-hmm. to fusion strong feelings. I mean, sure. we all have strong feelings about specific things, right? And I will say this is not the only sentiment of this that I've heard expressed in the community. I have sure. heard that a lot of people have been less than engaged with mm-hmm. this particular quest arc. I have heard that a lot of people have felt that same sense of narratively dragging it out. I, in a sense, understand the, I think part of what's fun about a lot of the, although honestly, the weapon quests, we all knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all knew what, which weapons were going to be there because of the, the former games, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they, um, no, that's not true because they did throw Sapphire in there and Sapphire wasn't actually. Didn't appear. But didn't Sapphire appear. was yeah. also not one of our mm-hmm. major, you know, like, wasn't it just the one that we did? It was, it was, it was a soloed instance. And to mm-hmm. be fair, it was not great. Yes. So, yeah. again, I, I don't necessarily think that it is just the fact that it's the Four Fiends, right? Mm. I, I think there is a sense, though, of wanting something that feels like new discoveries, new horizons, or being surprised by seeing some kind of new boss design or things like that, that perhaps has been kind of a miss for people, whether or not they played four, to go, well, okay, I guess we just know straight up what our only trial fights are going to be. Now, of course, mm-hmm. there's, there are ways for them to shift this. and. Yeah. Personally speaking, for myself, right? Um, I have loved all of this story content. I I loved it. I loved the. I loved all the stuff with Zero. I've loved everything that we've had in the Void. To me, that felt like delivering on something that has been built up for ten years in this game to finally go to this place. Like 
to me so much, and we will have our full patch discussion later. Mm -hmm. So to me, within the framework of that, are Fiends and Golbez, yes. I think it felt appropriate. I think, too, because of all of the buildup for it that just wasn't used in the core Endwalker, having the towers and all these other references to Force specifically, but then not having any of these characters show up did feel strange. Um, and I haven't even played four. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Why would you use this as a narrative device and have this in here as references? Because usually you tie it to something. Mm -hmm. So I think this was, in a sense, a payoff. And I have enjoyed the way they dished it out, even if I also agree that I have felt on the side that there has been a hole of something that I have wanted additional stuff to do. And with all of this to say, I mean, yes, I think coming up on the Golbest fight here, um, like I said, it was a solid fight. The extreme itself, I think, also brought some solid mechanics to the table. Um, was it perhaps, did I feel a little bit kind of like, oh, at the end of this patch? Mm -hmm. Sure, I did. I agree in that I also was kind of like, this did not culminate in a way I thought it would and not necessarily in an exciting way. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, so I'll, I agree with I'll, that. Yeah, I'll just jump right on, on your coattails there because as much as I love the story and I think that the Four Fiends are fine, this particular patch, and I mentioned this earlier, I think too, I was just kind of like, and that's it? Cool. All right. I'll see you next time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think that they could have fixed this. One fix. Just make it a trial series. <laughs> if you just make it a trial series, then I can't there's nod more than space. this. Yes. Right. There's more space. It feels all right. Like, you can put Galvez back in the main. The four fiends are just jobbers anyway. Put them in the trial series that mm -hmm. passes to and from the MSQ. There's yeah. no reason that they were in the MSQ. Like, yeah. keep Cognazzo, keep uh, Scarmiglione as dungeon bosses, that's fine, and make the other two part of the trial series to explain more about those two, and then Golbez could be the trial in the MSQ. What what yeah. would have been wrong with that? I mean, or I don't even know. even take even take uh, the the two that were dungeon bosses, put them in a trial, and give some sure. generic ass dungeon boss. Like that always bothered me uh, with the four lords, where it's like, oh, cool, Genbu. Oh, he's a dungeon boss. <laughs> Weird. Like who? I hated who, that about how Diablo. Do you decide. <laughs> sure. You hated that. I mean, about it's what? like how do you decide? Especially, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 one thing though, like for something like Fenrir or Diablos, where they're not part of a group necessarily you know what i mean whereas it's like sure. the four lords but two of them are lesser because they're dungeon bosses like why would you make that I mean, they decision were, though they could have done something really creative here because i had not thought about this like you are phrasing it aldino until this moment they could have done something where we had the trial series and the MSQ, but they didn't have to be wholly mm -hmm. separate and distinct. Mm -hmm. So we could have had an entire narrative arc, other things we were facing, other stuff all building for the confrontation with Golbez. But yeah. then perhaps using something like Zero's Domain as a launch pad, like the mm -hmm. temple for the four exactly. lords, or yeah. like using Turncliffe. that domain, yeah, Turncliff, using that as a launch point for the complementary side quest yeah. where we know they're like, we have to deal with his generals. We have to deal with these people if you want to bring stability to the realm. And then mm -hmm. you learn more about the void. You learn more about yep. the stuff there. You actually get all of that post-quest stuff about Barbarisha and everybody else, 
in that trial yeah, series. I had actually and forgotten like, about Zero's Domain. Like, we yeah. want to talk about how, you know, however they're doing it, allocation of resources, right? Um, and, you know, everything has a cost and we, you know, we may get a little less here because they spent more here. They spent all this work on Zero's Domain and you go We're there like go back once. There. We will go back at some we'll point. Go but back I have but no with a trial <laughs> series or with Boja, we had a constant new area that I we do could wish return we could to. Go back and we don't there all the have time. that yeah. here. So that feels weird. Yeah. I want to yeah. be able to go there with um, friends. And, and you know, and we mentioned it too before, like once we had completed the other MSQs, we get those really cool side quests, little mm-hmm. cutscene bits mm-hmm. with the four lords. They could have easily turned this in to a, 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 a trial series and yeah. woven it more into the MSQ than they have with previous ones. It would have been easy. Mm-hmm. Like Oh, you know, you know, uh, I don't remember what you said, Fusion. Something in my in my brain ticked off. Um, okay. Instead of instead of putting uh, the two in the dungeons, I really liked this latest dungeon's final boss. Still yeah. a boss from four. Yep. Not one sure. of the four fiends. So... Oh, I know this from yeah. four. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that reference. Oh, fun! It's one of the earliest things you fight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's pretty early. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, he looks just like that. He's a terrible, weird, squiggly monster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I would have liked to see just just to say really quick, I would have, I would have, if they had gone this route where the the uh, fiends were separate, which I don't, I certainly don't mind the idea at all. Um, I would have liked to see more of the little bosses from four and like that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I see in the chat really fast. I'm going to say the oh. conversation about the like being cut off from the void would have been null and void if they had done that. Sure. But I don't actually think that would be the case necessarily yeah. because they could have just delayed the destruction of the void gate until later on. And it could have been a, a last minute thing that propels us into the final encounter. Right. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, it's like right before we get the final trial, which could have been in the MSQ, which, you know, could have mm-hmm. been our uh, what is our. Golbez, right? They mm-hmm. could have been like, oh my gosh, they tricked us after that, you know, whatever thing, or like in the main story quest. I think they could have done it. It would have been yeah. different. It's, for it's them. their narrative. If they wanted to build it out that way, they could have made it work. Yeah. Easy. But yeah. I think they could have. I mean, all the same, I did see a question in chat. So we've gone mm-hmm. a little, we've gone a little off topic, but we're, I mean, talking about the extremes as part of kind of our end game suite of content, mm-hmm. I think was inevitably going to touch on the story that cushioned yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but I did see in chat a question um, asking, do we think this is going to be the starting point? So this chain of story, do you think this is going to be the starting point of new narrative for new players? So if they're doing kind of a hard cut mm-hmm. on the 10 years of Hydaelyn Zodiac, do we think that this is going to be the starting point for like new players coming into a new arc? Yeah, I hope so. I really hope that 7.0 is the go to wherever this missive is telling you to go to. Yeah. And this is a new introductory. Like, that'd be great. That'd be really cool. I think that they could do it. I don't know if they want to, though. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think so, because I, I you know, I, and I've said it before, too, I feel more and more like 6.x is a 6.x story. It's not a 6.0 into 7.0 story. It's like, we'll save as Jaya, and they're like, oh, hey, I'm back on the source. Let's go check out Maricidia. 7.0 starts. Like, it's not going to be anything, like, super crazy, like, woven in. I, I, I don't feel like at this point. Um, whether or not they use that as, like, a like a jump pad for for new players coming in, I mean, they could. Um, you know, obviously, 
Final Fantasy XIV is a game where you have to play all of everything before uh, to get to where we are now. So um, I don't know um, narratively, right? We know what they'll do for that, um, but it's always possible, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Mm-hmm. I do think after this last patch, personally, I think there's not going to be a clear-cut new start for new players. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure okay. because they kept saying, you know where we're going to be going um, mm-hmm. as of our next, the point five, right? That's when you're going to know where we're going. Yeah. So I did think if the void thing was going to be some kind of, um, I don't know, like little detour vignette kind of Mm -hmm. like the warriors of darkness were in their first appearance i was like if it's going to be some little detour vignette that they might build on later should they choose to return to it then it will end here so whatever is going to happen with zero miss if they are going to put that in is going to happen here and whatever is Mm going to and for a second i had a moment where i thought oh my god are they doing two trials in one patch are we getting Mm -hmm. a bonus trial and i think if they had done that that would have been a banger yeah (laughs) yeah I think probably people would have been much more excited about the overall culmination of content in this particular arc. But having seen, and again, we're not getting into big story spoilers today, Mm -hmm. but we will be doing that in our full patch review. But having seen the kind of gradual shift, Mm -hmm. this, I really think, is what they've done for all of the game. Um, I'm getting much more of a sense that it's not going to just be like, and then we're done, and a whole new thing begins, and anyone can come in here, and it's like it's removed. Mm -hmm. They have always built this world steadily, purposefully. Mm -hmm. They've connected one narrative into another, into another. It's much more of a bleed effect than it is a stop and start. And after this last patch, I feel more confident than ever that the bleed effect continues, and that Yes, while we will be having new adventures that perhaps are not specific to the drama of Heidel and Zodiac. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's not going to be our overarching plot. Um, I don't think there's going to be a hard cut for new players to come in and, like, you know, have some kind of skip that lets you skip the last 10 years of the game. And then you start here and you're fresh and you're a brand new person almost. Like, I don't think they're going to do that. So I wish they would, but I don't think so. (laughs) They could. They could easily do it. I don't think they want to. It could be from the void or the first now. <laughs> yeah, I well, we'll talk about theories. Yeah, we'll talk about know, it later. We'll talk yeah. about theories, but I just I really think that this continues to point to uh, the land down under. <laughs> You're going to Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, Oregon, well, near Australia. Yeah. Near Australia. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. We also know oh, yeah, that sure. Ivelisse is not tossed off screen and that it is apparently going to be making a comeback in some way. In some mm. way. So, there, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Dalmasca, yeah. Ivelisse, Maricidia. But again, a topic for another, of another day. Yeah. But what we do have that is kind of a piece of content <laughs> for another day is our Criterion Dungeon. So, we have another variant dungeon coming up, this Criterion Dungeon, which. As we were talking about the roundup and, you know, end of Endwalker endgame, because as we all know, (laughs) we're technically through the endgame, as it were, content cycle. So, of course, Mm -hmm. we'll still get some things, but the raids are complete. We've gotten both ultimates and Mm -hmm. 
they have added in, as they oftentimes do, some additional endgame or endgame adjacent content. So with the Endwalker Extremes, obviously we kind of came out of that discussion, perhaps a little lukewarm about their placement, mm. execution, some high points, some good things for sure. Um, but with Criterion Dungeons, I'm very curious. I don't think any of us have done them. The hard version of the Variant Dungeons. Have we? Nope. No. Uh -uh. No. Nope. I mean, part of the problem is the system is so convoluted. It's like its criteria is very like it's just it's it's named weird. It's it's accessed in a weird way, um, but also like the rewards are like whatever. Um, well, they wanted us to feel comfortable with no Boja or or diadem or anything like that, so they made it hard to understand. Oh, <laughs> just so we could That's feel fair. at home. That's totally fair. That is yeah. a good sum up of how we ought to feel. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I I want to do these. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I want to do these. I want to do them. I genuinely do. Yeah. I, you all know I'm a big advocate for the Variant Dungeons. I loved them. I adored them. I think they're fantastic. But I do agree that I think their integration into the overall game has not felt that fluid. And Criterion Dungeons, I think the fact that none of us have touched them is kind of says something in and of itself be it incentives again the rewards have been a big part of the feedback on this mm -hmm. um and you know other things with that and yet i was surprised to hear that the world first team and many others um who are raiders and primarily mm -hmm. only raiders in the game have added them into their end game rotation so they were saying that yeah they're planning on doing criterion dungeons yeah they're planning on doing blue mage end game content when it comes out um However, with that is the vast majority of the player base engaging with these. I, I don't know. And I'm not sure what would make them yeah. better because they are supposed to be very fun. Mechanically, mm. they're supposed to be an interesting and unique challenge. The RNG element and the combination of arenas versus bosses versus mechanic sets. Very yeah. interesting. But I don't know how you all feel about it. It seems as though the incentives primarily have just not really been there for players to want to do them. Yeah, yeah. I think that they should yep. add them in a duty finder. Mm. I mean, like the second tier, not the either, third tier. Either, either, just as a separate category, or throw it in like expert or something. Like even like the idea, like especially now that we're uh, on a four month, uh, four month patch cycle, the idea that like one of those dungeons has been in the game for eight months is just like, uh. So like <laughs> a little more variety in there, especially a dungeon okay. where that has like the, you know you can pick the path and stuff. Not not the worst idea. I just would worry about arguments <laughs> like, no, I don't sure. want to go this way. Right. Oh, no. And and that's I mean, and that's that's uh, yeah. just going to be a, a thing that oh, you're yeah. always going to have to deal with 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 content of this type, especially if there's a fastest path. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I, you know, maybe maybe that's why it's its own thing. I don't I don't know. Yeah. But it's just it's it's I... buried in menus. It's confusing that the way that things are named and how you access different things. And the reward structure is just like there's some okay things in there, but like, why why should I do this content? I wouldn't want it in an expert. Yeah, uh, from that's from fine. the outside. I'm, I'm like, just I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, just, mm. yeah, yeah. From the outside, like having it in there, like yeah, as something to mix things up. If I'm in a mood where I'm like, yeah, I'll take whatever. It'll be great if I have time or whatever that day. Sure, but if I'm <laughs> logging in just to do my expert and I need to get it done so I can go do something else. I'm not going to want that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, yeah. expert 24 man 
and a little bit normal trials and a little bit of EX are the place where casual and hardcore overlap. Yeah. And that is where you get into the friction because these are the only places that they overlap. You don't overlap in Savage. If you're going to Savage, you're, you know what you're in for prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. But for 24 man, for these dungeons, if they were in there for expert, it would put together the people who are like, I don't have time. I need to get through here in 11 minutes. I know I can do that. This is an expert. Mm. I've done it a billion that's, times. That's totally fair. Yeah. And the people who are like, I don't know. I just kind of press the button and, you know, I play the game, but I kind of take it more casually. And the more we put those groups together, the more friction there's going to be. I don't know. I mean, I wish that they had, I wish that the first version, like make another version. I know there's too many versions already. Make a version <laughs> that is just one path and put that in expert. Variant That's minus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it sucks because there's so non, many already. Non-variant dungeon. Yeah. But there's, there's two things that keep me from doing this. One, there's no rewards that I want. And that's that's me. Some people sure. like some of the stuff that's out of there. I mean, some people have done the the hardest version. And two, when you de-incentivize raise, I'm a broken record. I'm not going to play it on Summoner or Red Mage. Why? What mm-hmm. I'm bringing? I'm bringing something that is not useful anymore. So I need to switch jobs. It's the way that I feel. I'm not saying that sure. you can't play it on those, but for me, it would disincentivize me even thinking about it. I'm like, why would I? I don't care. I do that. The the thing that I bring is useless. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think if 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 I had infinite free time, I would look and see what like the like tomes per hour <laughs> accumulation was between like fastest uh variant dungeon run and like an expert roulette, right? Mm-hmm. Because if if you get more tomes doing that, then yeah. I would assume more people would do that. Yep. But also at the same time, like we've had expert roulette in the game forever right people come in they do their thing and that's it so is is that part of why maybe variant dungeons are getting overlooked because it's just it's it's this other complicated system Mm -hmm. with rewards and people would rather spend their time just run coming in running an expert and calling it a day Mm -hmm. also i just saw the mention in chat that there is technically a criterion and a savage version of these dungeons yeah there's, and yeah. I've forgotten. Yeah, there's I, three. Such a, is, is there real? Oh, God. There the is. Hell? There what is. What happened? There's three. What um, happened? And the big complaint, technically, about the rewards was specifically between Criterion and Savage. It's coming back yes. to me now. Okay. Um, because there really is no difference. There's not like much of a difference, and there really are no rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like nothing you get. I don't even. Do you get a title? I don't even think you get a title from it. I like, don't think so. I, I have no idea. It's very strange. It's very weird. So, I've, oh, you do get a title, says Jasset. Okay, you do okay. at least get a title. So there is that. But, I mean, it's it's still something where it feels kind of weirdly redundant. Mm-hmm. Feels very strangely redundant. They took hard modes out of, as a stepping <laughs> yeah. stone, out of almost all of their content. So why put it back in here? And why have those two tuned so high as where they are that... You know, you can't maybe, I think a lot of people will be discouraged from even trying to step into Criterion just solo. I don't think you even can. You have to go in with the four group. See, this is because we haven't even done it. We don't, we don't yeah. know for sure. Um, so it's just kind of, 
I don't know. It, it seems like something where I really like the idea of it. I do not want them to abandon it. I think mm-hmm. it could be a good addition to our sort of end game, especially when we end up in these moments where it's like, okay, well, all the raids are done and most of the raiders are just going to unsub unless there's something. It's, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting comparison too. When you look at like, so they add a dungeon with multiple paths. Meanwhile, they went and like completely robbed uh, was that Toto Rack of of the character that it had, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it had it was confusing and multiple pa- like it's so weird. Like they're, they're like, all right, we're gonna make this easier, but then we're gonna add this, and also there's like think, three versions of it. Yeah, it's I think just, this is the trade off that they yeah. were like, we'll develop some new content that has more of that exploratory sense mm-hmm, and sure. stuff, which I don't disagree with. I don't dislike. I love, in fact. But mm-hmm. again, if you're, I, I really want this to be a staple of our content going it would forward. Be cool. So I'd like them to really, I, I hope, as we get the actual release of the next one, I'd like to see, I'm, I'm like fingers crossed, um, really hoping that they've taken perhaps some of the feedback to heart and that we'll see them adjust and tweak it. And I mean, there could very much be a chance that at some point, sure, they do a, a kind of roulette for these. Um, I don't know if you could do it for the really high difficulty ones, but for the, like just the regular ones. Maybe, maybe it could auto pick a path that you would have to go each time and like those other gates just wouldn't be accessible to you and your party and then it would just generate whatever through that to avoid some of the other issues. Um, I mean, you can just do it solo though. So, I mean, it has a great flexibility with the actual scaling in it, but figuring out how to make it more of something in the game, I think will be the big key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that are aspirational and and actually make us feel good. How about that world race? I know. It's so good! <laughs> I, this expansion has really solidified it, I think, really in the eyes of, of a lot of people. I agree. Um, and I know we have here to, to go through, you know, like DSR and top and all that. But I, I think that that is, it's, it's really encouraging to see, right? Like we have cri- uh, Criterion Variant. They've added stuff. And it's not as compelling as just our community efforts to watch something. That's mm-hmm. insane, right? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's so... I just... I love the world races. <laughs> I had never watched world races until mm-hmm. I started getting into casting them. And, you know, I got into the 14 community and yeah. things like that. And it wasn't until then that I really started to realize how fun they are. They're like Mm. mini fan fests. They're so exciting. It's like a constant companion for the days. I have my phone on the whole time. And then when it's over, I'm like, I miss everybody so much. (laughs) Because it's so fun. And it's something we all get to come together for. We get to have conversations for. Um, It's incredible to see. And I think it elevates what we have in the game because... People are just so passionate about it. And it's infectious, that energy, when you see people striving for these things and you realize that, yeah, it's not just you behind your screen or with your FC or with your static that's just kind of logging in. I guess I'll do something. It's a worldwide effort of everyone around the world in this Mm -hmm. moment, this release coming together to do it together in this way. And it's, I love it. I love them. So let's go down the list here. Um, So with this expansion, um, the first ultimate that we had, the first big thing uh, was Dragon Song's reprise. Um, 
six days, I think, to clear. It was like about yeah. a full week. Yeah, I was looking it up and yeah, 750 polls is what the the group that won mentioned, which I do believe. It's not that were... many. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. Yeah. It's not that many when you die in like a minute. But once you <laughs> once you get to the middle, oh my god, especially DSR. Because I'm sure most of those polls were like, how the heck do we do this? Like you get to the point where you're like, where are we, how are we going to save, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't know. I, there was a lot about this. I don't know that we super rehash it because it was great. And we talked about it at the time. Sure. Yeah. This fight uh, was, I think, mm -hmm. pivotal to oh, end yeah. game. In oh, yes. 14. It was a turning because point. It was a turning point because this fight was such a spectacle on a level mm -hmm. that it caught the attention of communities beyond yeah. beyond this whole game, right? Um, we knew that many other games had kind of, or, or esports orgs or things like that mm -hmm. had kind of been looking at 14 or had even taken some forays into it. But DSR and getting these two ultimates back to back, I truly think was a massive launching point for Endgame in 14. Yeah. Because while we have a lot of people that have been doing it for a very long time, when news publications started writing about this, when the, the videos of the time mechanic and everything mm -hmm. else started going viral, when, I mean, we saw just astronomical numbers on Mog Talk with yeah. this particular race. And after that, we've seen much more concentrated efforts from even groups like Liquid and Echo to get mm -hmm. more into the 14 rating space. So DSR, I do really think because of its reception, because of its incredible cinematic nature, the delay was worth it, even with it having been delayed back with COVID. And, and I mean, that was else. probably another element of it, too, is we had been waiting for so long for yeah, this so particular long. ultimate. And then it finally dropped and everybody just wanted to know, like, what took them so long to make this thing? Yeah, and it was it was that and more. It the was plague, incredible, guys. Yeah, yeah, the plague did. The plague did it. But yeah. I think DSR is fascinating because it created a sense of level of uh, production, of level of spectacle, yeah. of level of you know these kinds of reveals and gimmicks and mechanics and the time turn and save Horshafont and mm -hmm. the greater alternate lore stuff of the game. Yeah that was so deeply resonant to so many people from so many types of content backgrounds mm -hmm. that I believe DSR will be affecting our game yeah. from here on out. I have no doubt they're going to constantly be thinking about, okay, well, how do we make something spectacle-wise like mm -hmm. the next DSR? Mm -hmm. Do we even try? Do we expect that these kinds of things are things that now the community wants to see from us, and how do we live up to that? And, I mean, we had a wealth of Endgame post-Endwalker, largely because of a lot of these delays, um, mm. which I think is going to make the end of Endwalker Endgame even even emptier for a bit because we got really spoiled with two Ultimates back-to-back, -back, mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I'd, I'd even argue, too, I mean, going into, into Top now, and I think Top took, like, an extra day to clear. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, seven days as opposed to DSR-6. Yeah. Um, but for me, it just didn't have that spectacle that sure. dsr had it was your your fighting robot dude on space platform like the entire time there's nothing there wasn't super anything super crazy with the fights and the bosses changing um certainly no time rewind mechanic right to save our um which is so weird because it's it's the, dsr came in swinging hard yeah and then omega protocol was just like i'm here 
<laughs> well, from the outside, it was very much like, I'm here. But from the inside, it was like, oh, God, why am I here? This hurts yep. so much. <laughs> The pain because they they promised it would be easier and then it was not. Was oh, not. sorry. I guess I guess it was if it, it was a beta protocol, they'd have to back up, they'd zoom out and be like, "I'm here." <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of the really interesting things too, right? Because there's been a lot of discussion following Top about the easier claim, and yeah. the fact that I think that we as players oftentimes tend to intuit, read into, or interpret things that Yoshi P says in ways that are not accurate. And then sometimes to get mad at him about the misinterpretation oh my of what God, we think Charles, he said you to us. Thank you for the zoom out. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh my God, you're so small. <laughs> because all he had ever said was that it would not be harder than DSR. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it brought up some interesting conversations. I think many of us did have that impression, but Top ended up being a very, very, very mechanically difficult fight. So I think they went almost the opposite way. You're not leaning just directly into the riddles. You're not leaning just directly into the gimmicks. You're not leading into the time fake out, these sorts of things. It is just mechanically Mm -hmm. unbelievable and then we did get the bonus phase but the really unfortunate thing about it was that at that point with Hog talk world race the yeah. broadcast had had to end we never yeah. actually like on screen uh, maybe we showed it at some point but i don't think we had one of our groups hit that while we were live which was such a bummer so yeah no <sighs> yeah and i think the most interesting part about top is afterwards and the no healer clear, which I mean, I know I saw because I'm, I live on discussion forums for this game. I do. And I saw that and I saw that there was a no healer clear of an ultimate. And I went, oh, that's because they have summoner red mage, right? Yeah, that's because they have both summoner and red mage. Red mage <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 And it's not to say that it didn't still take an incredible oh, amount yeah. of skill because oh, it yeah. does. And I mean, that's the thing. I think the initial response to this yes. was that everybody was going, oh, wow, healers don't matter at all. And it's it's like 99.9% yeah. .9 of the groups will not be able yeah. to clear it this way. Yeah. Just because they can doesn't mean that it's easy or it's going to continue to be done. I mean, we see that constantly in, in Savage. Even right now, people are like, Oh, well, why can't you get past the first one? Like they got past it on the first day. It's easy. And you go in the PF and it's just blitzball suffering. And you go, yeah, that's right. Because there's a whole different segment of people like the people who did this. They can only do it because of the jobs that they picked, but also because they are so good at those jobs. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. But so. this did bring up a really interesting tidbit, which I found that I mm -hmm. had not actually heard before. I don't know how I missed this. But about a year ago, it was brought up in a player question segment of a live letter. So audience questions kind of thing to Yoshi P that many people were feeling that healers had far more heals than needed given damage taken amounts for most content in the game. And at the time, his response was that he said that they hold back, especially at the release of an expansion on raid and difficulty checks for players so that most people can clear and they're not like deterred from it. And then he stated that, you know, in in part two and three of Pandemonium, there would be a noticeable increase in that mm -hmm. uh, requirement for healers uh, and that 
you know, if people still at that point felt as though they weren't having enough of a challenge healing-wise, that then they should try ultimates. And of course, then, to have something like the given most difficult current <clears throat> ultimate to be clearable, like even feasible in yeah. any way without having a healer in the party, was something that I think, especially for Endgame, is of big note. Because... Mm. Again, this is not something that most people will be able to do. I've healed in ultimates. They do push your kit to the yeah. extreme, especially the really difficult ones, like the ones that are noticeably, I mean, T was one for sure where I had to really pay attention. But again, does this speak to a larger issue with healers and healing requirements and balance in the game? I don't know if any of you have thoughts. I just think it speaks to... Uh, because the, the group that they had was like... Uh, double paladin i think they had a warrior or a dark knight i don't remember and the other two supports were red mage and summoner specifically so that they could die through one of the last mechanics and raise everyone back up past it a very super like galaxy brain way to think about it like sure. oh yeah we can we can get through it by just dying in no, a specific babe. order right Ooh. that's hard but that's because there's so many raises and Paladin is a great off healer in general. Like those are the two things that I would say that we learn from this. Not specifically that healers don't aren't aren't useful enough. I think that they really are useful for 99.9% .9 of the player base, but I think raises just kind of imbalances the whole thing. I mean, it it, it happened with Nisi. <laughs> the sack mm. strat, right? Yeah, that would have been harder to do. You would you, you run yeah. through the middle. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Just go do it. I, I think that that leads sometimes to a perversion of mechanics because you can just get around it. Now, that said, every healer that I've ever, ever listened to or heard at all say that the newest raid tiers are harder to heal in general. I don't know about the last one, but P8S, I heard a lot, a lot of, of, of sad times. <laughs> we'll try to heal through that. So I don't I don't know what it says about everything as a whole other than with raising you could do some weird ass shit. <laughs> I I heard this time around somebody um saying they thought that nine hits just like harder than anything mm. that they've ever had before. And I'm like, did you forget Kefka? Because like yeah. Oh goodness. That was alright, you have one HP and you can't do anything about it for a second. Pay attention, okay, now you can do something about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I don't want to say that I'm glad to see that difficulty return because I'm not a healer and I don't want to wish that on anybody. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> I, I'm glad to see it, question mark. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't felt like healing has been brain dead. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, speaking from a mid-core healer, I, I have not felt like, you know, it has been an absolute snooze fest. I do think that the pacing of heals in Endgame sure. is highly predictable. I think that the two-minute mm. window does regiment things to a very oh predictable cadence. Yeah. I think that the propensity of 14 to largely reserve healing to be something that is like a, you do one big heal thing, use your cooldowns, and then you really have very little to do for a while, right? That's something where I'd like to see them play with that pace. I'd like to see a fight where I'm going, holy butts, I have to be, even if in just one phase, I have to be healing off cooldown, or I have to be 
priority targeting, you know, this, like all these different things. I would love to see that because I've played many other MMOs where it's much more an active throughput mm -hmm. of healing with bursts of responsiveness amidst that. But it's something where um, I hope they play with that, but I haven't necessarily felt like it's been awful. Sure. I felt like their, yeah, PHS was spicy to heal, but that was mm -hmm. fun. And a lot of the bleeds and things, I think, have been their direct counter to the fact that they right. have so much heal over time in the game. I honestly think they could still continue to push things further, though, because I do notice that once I kind of get fights decently smoothly, um, that, yeah, there's still a lot of my kit that I'm not using in certain fights or things mm -hmm. like that, or I might not need, especially. But it, it does not feel, like, terrible, you yeah. know? Yeah, I... I, I saw a lot of that sentiment of, you know, like, oh, well, we don't even need healers. And I would almost to a person right now say, you do. <laughs> you need healers. They didn't in this specific case, but mm. you probably do. And, and that's mm. the difference, right? It's, it, they're not being phased out. It's just you can do weird stuff when you can raise people nonstop. I mean, they had to raise the entire party. Everyone died. All eight. And it was some really awesome timing of when to die so the other razor could pick you up. Mm. That got them through it. It's go it's a great VOD to watch. But yeah, I don't I don't think that it really says too much about healers as a role. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so looking back then at Pandemonium. Um, with the three tiers, uh, it's, mm -hmm. I, I thought this was interesting. Seeing how long it took to clear sure. each tier, um, so as Fidelos is only fourteen hours, yeah, uh, which is I thought it was longer, but no, no. fourteen yeah, hours, super quick, yeah, so quick. Mm -hmm. Abyssos was thirty hours to clear, um, and though I and 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 that wasn't with that one percent nerf. Accounted for, that right? That, that was, yeah. I think, like a week or so after uh, the, the World First Clears had gone through. Something like that. It was a little while after, yeah. It, yeah. it may have been like the next lockout. Mm. I can't remember. I didn't think uh, it was too long after. Yeah, it's the yeah. next lockout. It was after that Tuesday. So yeah, they did it in the second week, like Monday into Tuesday or something. Okay. Uh, kind of the timing of this patch that's coming up for us on the 5th or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and then this newest one, Anabaseos, that was 36? just, just, on, just under 36 hours mm -hmm. to clear. So it definitely get, took more. And, you know, if you remember too, I mean, Asphodelos, that was the first, you know, right after the expansion too. So yeah. people, it wasn't just like, here's the rate. It's also, okay, I need mm -hmm. to get my job to the new cap. I then also need to yep. gear it and learn what all yep. my new things do. Um, yeah. so that it took that less, but obviously like they Kept that in easier. mind, yeah. right, for the design of those fights and stuff. Yeah. Um, if you're in those yeah. world first teams, your job is leveled in like a day. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Have to be. I I remember seeing tweets like early last week about like I can't wait to cap before I go to Savage. <laughs> like literally in the hour that we we got. You know. <laughs> I used to do that. I I've never been in a world first team, and I used mm -hmm. to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. And now I'm very lazy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just gotta be lazy I, about I it. Couldn't, I couldn't no tell you the last time I capped. <laughs> I mean, one thing that <laughs> I these hours do seem to indicate to us is that I believe their trajectory is on point. 
Yeah. You know, whatever our specific feelings about, you know, this fight, that fight, this thing, this, you know, this very clearly shows that even with the world's top players, um, who, again, I mean, you have to remember that they are racing these just this is all they are doing. They are doing yeah, it with the support it. of Ninth Man as well, who are mm -hmm. like creating strategies for them. They have been running together oftentimes for a very long time or have mm -hmm. a lot of experience in the game. So it's one of those things where, again, this is not necessarily to say that this is the benchmark for all of the community yeah. forever, but generally it is a good precursor to seeing if the balance, tuning, and trajectory of intended path is on point. And I mean, yeah, we can very clearly see here, see here that just like Yoshi P was saying earlier in that interview, that first tier, I think, was a great beginner's one. It was very accessible to a lot of people, even if they had never done raiding. Eric Thonius is a great boss to practice raids. Even mm -hmm. if you're coming in now and you're like, I'm brand new to raids, can I get a group to go in and try and like dip our toes into this? He's a great first boss to just kind of go, ah, yes, this is a little bit of a taste of what will come, you know, with mm -hmm. things like Savage versus Extreme. Um, so that 14 to 30 to 35, almost 36, does seem to be right on point with their idea of, of increasing difficulty over raid tiers. And, you know, there was a bit where we thought, even with the world race, I mean, when we went into it, none of us thought that it was going to be, you know, like longer than three days. But there was yeah. a moment, especially watching groups on day two, it hit a lot of just of a wall with Prague mm -hmm. where we were kind of going like, is this going to go all the way to the end of day three? Oh my gosh, like, is this really going to... And then, of course, people made those sort of um, leaps forward. We also had the off-stream World First Team release all of the footage, which then could be reviewed and yes. people could actually mm -hmm. start making strategies. Which is nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I think this is a pretty good indicator that at least by the design mentalities that Square Enix itself has stated, they hit the markers they were looking for with difficulty this tier. Now, of course, like mm -hmm. what we all think about the greater scheme of difficulty is up to each person to kind of talk about or critiques within that or the two minute window or any of these things. Yeah. Right? But um, yeah, I mean, it seems like we had a definitive difficulty increase over time. Yeah. Which is exactly what we should be seeing, I think. So and I, you know, I guess, well, you mentioned that the uh, this even the non-streaming team put their entire prog up because third-party allegations and nobody wants mm -hmm. to deal with that, right? Um, but I think that that biggest question I think at at the end of this here is: Are events like this good for the game? And I think we already said this. Yeah, it's great. Like, look what happened after DSR. Yeah, and I really feel that uh, that precedent of just record your prog show it up there that should be good enough nobody should care other than that like seriously come on guys mm -hmm. i know we've been burned by third-party drama i know i know, I know we have yeah. but that should be good enough and i think that the the people who clear first post their prog i know that's a lot to ask and the people who agree to stream it the whole time they have the charity raise i think that's fine i think that's great yeah, I mean, I I think that's key because there, mm -hmm. there's a sense and a real sense, and it happens in every single MMO community, and our mm -hmm. own beautiful community is guilty of this, of having mm -hmm. to be the community police. Yeah. And, I mean, of course, report things where you need to report them. Yeah. Of course, make use of the official Square Enix tools. 
But um, it is one of those things where I really think one of the greatest exercises in futility is trying to police who is or isn't cheating. <laughs> this sense that if they're not online, they must be cheating. If they are online, they're probably cheating, but they're just hiding it. If, they are, if they're streaming, then this and this and this. And it just goes around and around and around in circles. And yeah. it does nothing except for detract from the community excitement, the visibility, mm -hmm. the hype, the discussion. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if they cheated, somebody done gonna find out. And yeah. it doesn't, it's not gonna be, it doesn't have to be you. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's, it's so, it's always one of those things like, you know, nobody wants to be in that position and mm -hmm. just as it is and we have to respect square enix's wishes uh wishes like this is not an issue in other games this yeah. kind of of are they or aren't they using this thing and is that technically cheating can you say that anything is cheating can you say that like it doesn't happen in other games because they have open add-ons or they have very strict delineated mm -hmm. guidelines or they have open tracking of dps in the game and we've talked about that on other episodes oh, yeah. so we'll leave that bigger discussion over there mm -hmm. but when it comes down to it given the nature of just how things are in our game we have to just approach these things i think engaging with the goodwill of the community mm -hmm. and trust that if those lines are crossed people will find out and square enix yeah. will take action you know, and it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be all of our individual responsibilities, nor should it be the focus of yeah. our our watching like a hawk, you know, yeah. like get engaged with the community, donate to the charity, yes. like yeah. cheer on the people that are racing and just have fun <laughs> and trust that like everyone behind the scenes is very aware of these issues and really trying to make sure that like they stay on top of them themselves mm. so yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah but i mean like you said it's a good thing overall for the community yeah. the visibility so. of the end game at the end of endwalker i mean i think we had a Right, 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 right. Oh, okay. Sorry. It was, <laughs> it was so, it was so quiet. Love. It sounded Dad. like your soul was leaving your body. Yeah. <laughs> it's the end. <laughs> yeah, you sounded like Wesley with true love. True love. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> yeah, he said true love. <laughs> I mean, Endgame, whether or not you play it, whether or not you engage with it, I think overall is beneficial to the community yes. if we lean into the aspects that are beneficial. Um, it brings visibility, it brings prestige, it brings a lot of good stuff, even for us mm -hmm. just to celebrate and do. Um, you know, it's been a pleasure to cast those races. It's been a pleasure to even just talk about what happened with it with all of mm -hmm. you on the podcast after. And, you know, if, if I see everybody in chat or I'm like, hey, you know, we're all kind of mm -hmm. hanging out or donations and stuff like that, the amount of good we're able to do for charity. Um, I think that Endgame, while it's not something that every person is going to engage with, and it might be a small portion of the player base, is still something that's very important to having a healthy mm -hmm. MMO and visibility within the scene, uh, you know, the greater genre as well. So um, there's a lot of ways to celebrate that and to engage with it and to not feed the more toxic elements of it, yep. as well as to discuss and critique and analyze, you know, everything that's been happening. Yep. I mean, we are not going to be getting another raid tier for like a year and a half, depending yeah. on when they release this expansion. We don't mm -hmm. know if it's going to be on but track. 
but it's scary. In two months, we're just going to get a plethora of information. That's true, which I am very excited about. And by plethora, we mean uh, Yoshida will wear a t-shirt to cause speculation (laughs) for three months, uh, and we'll get half a a CG trailer. They'll tell us about Beastmaster. Oh, no. Uh, No. No. You know, there's at the end of this outline, there's the overall thoughts on the Inwalker endgame. I want to say in cycle. Uh, I just want to put another E there. And, a dash. and yeah, I think what you said really covers it, you know, like, I don't know, for me personally, and, you know, I, I try not to be too negative. This is the probably last end game cycle I will participate in unless a lot of things change. Mm-hmm. But it, I really do enjoy how most things are going. It's it's a weird place to be. Right. But yeah, I cannot say that I'm overall negative about the end game cycle such as it is right now. Which is weird because I have zero enjoyment. That's another E of it. So <laughs> but yeah. in general, it's a good step forward. Maybe you need to exchange jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I dislike combat so much. I don't even want to learn another job right now. Maybe after the E expansion. <laughs> Well, that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of the foundation of Endgame that there has been a lot of feedback mm-hmm. uh, on that's right in line with your thoughts, Aldo, you know, right? I mean, homogenization of classes, two-minute window of rotation and burst and buff alignments, everything else that I think has perhaps I've seen lead people to disengage to some degree mm-hmm. with Endgame. But also, I mean, a plethora of very good content that we had come yeah. out and very visible events. So yeah, I, I hope, and this game is always adjusting and changing, and I believe mm-hmm. that given time and enough feedback and enough discussion, that it is something they will definitely register um, and how they respond to it, right? How they respond to the greater picture of um, everything that we've mm-hmm. gotten post-Endwalker. Um, I mean, I'm sure it will be very beneficial and I hope we get to see some big changes moving forward with certain mm-hmm. elements, but also, I mean, yeah, we had a lot really, What, whatever yeah. you thought about, I mean, a, a lot of the extremes and things like mm-hmm. that, I think a lot of the bonus stuff because of how timelines got pushed back. I mean, yeah. we had a lot more extremely hardcore content than we've had, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we've had and yeah. that was interesting. I just remember. Maybe I shouldn't even bring this up, but I just remember how negative the like endgame raiders were. Some of them, not all of them. Mm-hmm. When that extreme, not extreme, ultimate got pushed back. Oh, yeah. Oh, and God. It's like this, and then it's like, here's one. And also, here's another one very shortly after. And also, here's some other stuff that you're probably going to like. So sorry. Mm-hmm. It was it was the end of the just world for down. some of those people. <laughs> just calm down. That's another E. <laughs> end of no, the world. Priorities end. <laughs> I'm missing it a lot. I get it. Just like <laughs> we've been talking about feeling, you know, maybe some holes in content release. They felt mm-hmm. that. They felt yeah. it. But it did mean that I think we got a little spoiled this year. Yeah. I don't know, though. I would be very curious, and we'll have to see. I mean, they've said pretty much that they'll be going back to a one ultimate release schedule insofar as we knew. Mm-hmm. But if they found that it was manageable and they find that the community responded really well to it, Maybe two ultimates and expansion is something we may see again at some point, but 
Who knows? I think I think most of them had a, a feast of stuff to do and are looking forward to a bit of a break in between mm -hmm. the more relaxed stuff before it's raid time again in the next X-Pack. I actually heard, uh, I think I mentioned this before, but some of the Ultimate Raiders that I know that have been doing it since the beginning were like, this was, this was so much my life. I can't do another one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Says a summoner main. It's oh. not enough. It's too much. Make up your minds. Yeah. Pick one. That's okay. We all do that now and then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get beautiful gear, and then I'm gonna be like, "Can I just get a machinist jacket?" Yep. That'll never happen ever. No, it'll never happen. Just like <laughs> Red Mage is going. I would like more dresses. No, you're gonna get dresses till the end of the time. I'm sorry. You're a caster. It's the way that it works. Yeah. I just want more Red Mage aesthetic specific gear because the aesthetic is so good. Yeah. Class wanna, specific. I'm going to be a beautiful frilly musketeer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any final thoughts? I mean, we, we, we've covered we've covered a lot of things. We've done Savage. We've done Extremes. We've done two Ultimates. Uh, yeah. I mean, what what else is there? to say i mean it's 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 been a good patch cycle for for mm -hmm. for endgame people yeah mm -hmm. that's it i think we did it yeah. we, we did a podcast look at that Yay! look at us go all right well proud of you and you and you and i was gonna say just just one of us wow all right or just like the, the, the royal you <laughs> i was like plural you but i'm just gonna make it plural you okay <laughs> Uh, if you want, you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube at RaffleDurg. YouTube is RaffleDurgX because there's already a RaffleDurg. Mm -hmm. I have an evil twin, wow. I guess. I don't know. Wow. Stole it. Zanidra, super, super quick, important question. Where can people find you? Oh, my internet? God. You can find me on Twitter at Zanidra underscore A. You can find me on Twitch at Plus word, one the number, shout the word. Tonight we are doing DND out below. It was hilarious to, well, to me, maybe not to you guys. I don't know. Last time I was like, every time I say we're gonna do DND out below, we're always late, and then we were. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's happening tonight, theoretically, 10 p.m. Eastern. Maybe late. Who knows? I'm just gonna tuck that right in there. Yeah. Um, and then tomorrow, ooh, we have our finale. I made fun of James like twice for this because he was like, it'll be a two-parter, three-parter. And I'm like, theoretically. And he goes, four-parter. It's four-parter. <laughs> just full, full, like fast X in it. Just like <laughs> yes. two parts. Maybe it's three. We'll find out. We'll see. Yeah, so our fourth part <laughs> finale of Teens with Attitude, Radical Robo Rock Rangers, if you want to see me be a bitchy teenager. <laughs> That's, I, I'm the bitchy teenager. <laughs> yeah, look, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> And then we also have the YouTube, plus the word when the number shot the word. One of them has underscores. I don't remember. I think the Twitch has underscores. Yeah. Charles! Hi. Here and only here. Till the end of time. Also, one shots. The thing that I'll plug is last night, we talked about what to do if you want to DM, uh, you know, or just play a game, run a game. It doesn't have to be Dungeon Master because that's more D and D in an established setting. Uh, so we had someone on, someone on who said, "I want to do a Sonic game." And when we stopped laughing, we said, "Hey, we'll help you." That's not true. That's not true. We didn't laugh. Uh, so we talked about that last night about how to weave in and out of 
an established canon making a game. For some reason, I feel like a subject matter expert on that one because um, I <laughs> always do that with every game. I love setting it in Final now, Fantasy. Or I, just, I just, I just want to know like what like uh-huh. racial traits like an echidna would have now. Like that's that's yeah. immediately like where my brain we was jumping. We talked into. about all of that. Like, exactly do they all the just system? have really big knuckles? Like, is that yeah. just no? He's I, special. I have oh. a I have a person who could regale you with the entire lore <laughs> if you ever wanted to. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's where you can find me here. Plus one shot. Uh, what about you, Rook? Hello, you can find me over on my Twitch, which is Rookery, R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can also find me over on YouTube where it's the same. And you can find me on Twitter at Rookery underscore. There's a lot coming up for Pride Month. Happy Pride, everybody, um, that I'll be doing here on the, I mean, I'm sure on the podcast or over on my channels, but also with one of the wonderful stream teams that I am a part of and a leader on, um, which is Rainbow Arcade. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming up this year, and I'm so excited. So keep an eye out, because if I'm not live on my own channel, I'm probably on a podcast, or I'm probably casting a race or doing something else. It's been a wild and fun time, uh, but it's always great to talk about the game that we love and connect over them wherever that is and whenever it is. All right. And then if you want to contact us here at the show, you can email us, aetheritradio at gamerscape.com. You can tweet at us at aetheritradio. You can also find us on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Discord as Gamerscape. Uh, Discord.g slash Gamerscape. We have, uh, we've got a, a 14 channel on there. I was on vacation. Did we turn the spoiler chat on? Shoot. No. Oops. <laughs> Uh, well, you we can also tell... haven't switched over to our pride banner. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell I've been on vacation and I haven't been in. Um, <laughs> we will make sure to do that. Um, but yeah, if, if you know, there's a radio channel on there. If you want to talk to us about stuff, there you go. Um, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's that's the show. We did. Hey, we the did show. the show. All four Ooh. of us. I missed you all. It's so yeah. good seeing you. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, 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 that's the whole thing. This week, we're done. We did it. That's all, folks. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.